Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I don't like blood and guts, but I love them when they're lengthily Welcome to With Gorley and Rust Shark Weeks. Shark Weeks. Not week. Discovery Channel will give you one week a year. Yeah, eat your heart out, Discovery Channel. We're giving you seven plus bonus content. Yeah, they don't do seven weeks plus bonus content on the Discovery Channel with their Shark Week. Yeah, Discovery, why don't you discover a way to fulfill your fans' desires more? (laughs) A la... Us. Yeah. That's right. Hi, Paul. Oh, excuse me. I made headphone noise. Ooh, but that's how you know this is inauthentic. We're sitting together in a room together, and you pulled off those headphones. You got, ooh, you just put up your feet, and I heard a nice little uh, sort of grandpa sigh. (laughs) I've been doing a lot of those. uh, Me too. Oh, I've been having the... To stand up from a seated position and getting standing up and going like, yeah. Why does that happen? Oh, I think it's because I turned uh, 67 last Congratulations. week. Thank you. Thank My you. My God, yeah. wow. Uh, three years older than that um, Beatles song that's about being old. Oh, so that's imagine. Right. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Uh, how are you feeling? I'm great. I'm yeah. glad to be here. I'm super excited to talk Jaws too. Oh, same. You know, I said this uh, off mic and I acknowledged, hey, I know that maybe we should save this for on mic, but I couldn't contain myself. When I was driving over here, I found myself just so excited to effing talk <laughs> about Jaws 2. I'm like really raring to go to talk about this Jaws 2. Me too. We had such a nice conversation about the uh, original Jaws from 75. Today's 78 Jaws 2. Jaws 1 is what it's called now. Just Like so- they knew, hoped it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we always knew there would be four Jawses. This was the full arc was planned. The revenge was the end, just like Revenge of the Jedi. But then we changed it to Jaws the Return because a shark doesn't get revenge, which is probably more true than a Jedi. That's right. What if at the very end, uh, they for Jaws 4, the revenge, like Revenge of the Jedi becoming Return of the Jedi, Jaws 4 was Jaws 4, the Return. It wouldn't be as good of a title, I'll tell you that. No, it's true, but 
<laughs> I was thinking about this for some reason in Jaws 2, and we'll get into this. Mm-hmm. Really, with the aliens, Xenomorph, and Jaws the Shark, mm-hmm. we're dealing with killers that aren't evil. They're just instinctual. Ooh. They're like this shark's as far as Jaws knows, yeah. is just trying to live, just trying to eat, just trying to put food on the table. Yeah, you know, that's right. He's just trying to <laughs> keep a roof over his head. And we know he has relatives because for some reason, Jaws's brother or sister shows up in this one. It's not entirely clear. Also, uh, maybe the novelization uh, that was like based on an earlier script, I think, suggests maybe it's also the mother of Jaws. That's right. I remember that rumor going Coming around to pay too. The or I also remember as a kid the serious conjecture that this was Jaws's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can see in some uh, shots, she's holding <laughs> in her fit like a little rolling pin. <laughs> it has an apron on. Can we just, for this episode, yes. it is understood that this shark is Jaws' wife. And maybe Absolutely. the next two episodes when we watch them, we'll suss out children, sister, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I think it should be in the canon. And so whatever we can do to add to the canon that in Jaws 2, this is Jaws' wife. Yeah. Let's get that on Wikipedia, everybody. <laughs> right. And so it on there. now we can add some of what's uh, like tr- the true textualists that we are. We can take from what the movie has said, which is like when um, uh, 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 Sheriff Brody says, now, dolphins, they can communicate underwater through yeah. signals. Do you think maybe perhaps a shark did this? Uh, uh, now, perhaps we can say that. Like with that, as Jaws was dying, he was kind of giving like the call from work of like, honey, I'm not going to be home. Oh, yeah. Or, you know. Uh, yeah, was it was it Jaws saying, I'm dying here? Or was he at some point communicating like, I found some great eating spot. It wasn't clear, right? Yeah, you know, I the the great. I it wasn't clear, but I was thinking like this is a pretty easy sequel to sort of like ease back into the water, so to speak. That like, oh, if this shark had a big, if 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 this beach had a big shark at one point. A few years later, I bet just the way nature works, there'd be another big shark Obviously, around. Obviously, something brought that first shark. Yeah, yeah, so like for it to kind of go through any sort of work of like, do you think the shark let the other shark know, know that he was dying and that it was me who did it? Like, No. It, it's kind of unnecessary. And the more economical way would be like there's someone, an, a native islander there who's just always has an open sore and there's blood in the water and they don't even realize that's what's bringing the sharks every summer yeah. is Howard, the guy <laughs> with, you know, like leprosidic. Leprosidic um, Larry. Um, <laughs> They changed his name to Larry just so the alliteration would Larry the leper. He's the guy in the boat in that pond lagoon section from Jaws. Like, oh, the first one? Yeah, hey, what no, are you kids doing? Yeah, no one would hang out with him, so he has to be on his own. <laughs> his and own did, little, little did he know he's unconsciously chumming for great whites. Well, to answer your question, I think it is that Jaws at the end was saying, and to whoever or to his wife... Uh, <laughs> Avenge me. Uh... Yeah, let's say eventually. I was going to say the opposite, which is like this is good feed him. Okay, yeah, like come over yeah. here. Like, but right. I, I think it's it's better if it's like I am being unnecessarily killed right now, yeah. or or uh, avenge me, seek justice for my death. Yeah, but um, 
the the what I was saying, like it should be pretty easy to have another shark come along there, and they don't have to do too much work to get it there. Uh, it it brings me to a question I wanted to oppose to us. Okay. Now this is a uh, a part two. Okay. Now in our podcast we've had a few part twos now. Oh right. So how does this um stand against? And I don't even mean on a qualitative level, uh-huh. like what's better or less good. I'm just saying, like maybe more specifically, the question being like. What of all the part twos we've watched, what's made it easiest to either because of the end of the first one or just how the it does the work in part two, make it easy to have a sequel? Uh, whereas which ones are kind of like sweaty and like, what are you doing? Or or you go, oh, they made it really tough at the end of the first one to have a I good see part what you're two. Saying. Yeah, that's a really good question. Thank you. In, of like sequels in general. Yes. Halloween has to be the top for making setting itself up for a sequel. I think so, yeah. Because it literally ends on a cliffhanger of sorts. Yes, and that uh, they... Yes, and listen to me, Mr. Improv here. <laughs> thank you, Del Close. <laughs> You're welcome, uh, Sharna Halpern. Yeah, thank you, the Compass Players in <laughs> mid-50s Chicago. Uh, 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 thank you, Improv Everywhere. Wow, they really are. They're right oh, outside the oh window. Oh my gosh. Will Smith, did you invite <laughs> Improv Everywhere to He's dying. come in? He's uh, dying. Uh, uh, what was the yes uh, I was Andy? Or what was the Andy and I was yesing? You said the- The uh, Halloween uh, ending? Oh, oh, oh. All, yeah. Also that um, the two main characters you'd be interested in following, they're still alive. That's true. That's very good. Like Jaws 1 into Jaws 2 is a little like- no more Quint. No more Quint. Definitively, no more Jaws. You can't. You can't. There was no way to do a sequel where That's that true. where Jaws the husband is there, right. Mister Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> yes. Do you think this that uh, your playground like uh, conception of this uh, like childhood was like somehow rooted in Ms. Pac-Man? It probably was, but it also makes me want to extrapolate this to the others. Like they kill Michael Myers, but Mrs. Myers then is in the sequel or Mrs. <laughs> even though Mrs. kind of happens with Friday the 13th, you've got mom and son. Ooh, that's true. Wow. And then in part two, there's a little bit of a handoff, familial handoff that it is like and Lori if, is yeah. Michael's sister. And if you think about Aliens too, it's still LV426 and the queen is kind of the mom. So yeah. Ripley just kind of killed a, like a son or a daughter drone and mom comes back in part two where there's a lot of... Yeah. That must be wow. from like the old, the, the antecedent or whatever. It must be like uh, um, Son of the Blob or yeah. Yeah. Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, it's just like wolf. you just do... They're relative. It's so funny, but I get it. Yeah. Well, it also happens on the good side because as we'll see with the Jaws movies, Brody's son becomes the protagonist. Right. So this, yeah, is it, is it a story about, well, Nora, it's just the eternal story of shark versus Brody. <sighs> shark I, versus bro. Now, so with, I think Halloween has the easiest yeah. go about it. Yeah. Um, Jaws, I do think it's pretty simple. Like I said, you're the the point you made. Excuse me, I got a 
I'm drinking all this hot brown you gave me. Cold brown. Cold brown. <laughs> and because it's cold brown, I'm drinking it faster, so I'm taking bigger <laughs> air bubbles into my throat. Uh, 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 yeah, the um, uh, I feel like your point about the first Jaws is blown up definitively. So no matter what, we're not getting like the original guy, which maybe is always even unconsciously going to be a letdown. A little bit, sequel. yeah. But it's the it's the most efficient way to get to a sequel, even if it is a little bit like we all know what's happening here. We're just putting in a, another yeah. shark to get the same thing. Right, right. That's right. And I, I'm okay with it. Like yeah. just going back to Martha's Vineyard, a few, four years later, they said, and yeah. Quint is dead. That's okay. I wish I wish Hooper could have been there. Yeah, it's weird that they justify that he's not with a little couple of lines, that little exchange. Yeah, so it's Brody comes home, Martin comes home to his wife, Ellen, yeah. and says, she she tells him, like, a singing telegram came and said, <laughs> Hooper is in the Antarctic. Yeah. Um, I wish we could have seen that singing telegram scene. Me too. I mean, it would have added some lightness. Because it was probably that, oh, what guy? So you're missing your little shark friend. Turns out he won't be there in the end. He's got work to do in a cold woohoo. What? Listen, <laughs> we've gotten far afield. The Well, it's so good because the uh, 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 guy, um, uh, like, Similar to Gomer Pyle, I imagine like the oh what? guy has like a beautiful baritone. He probably does. So he that Jim neighbors that oh Oh god, that's so funny when he sings. Yeah, and this guy oh what? Oh, no, he goes oh what? A two, a one, two, three. Deep river, my home is over, Jordan. Thank you. Oh, what a, I mean, the telegram, the news was pretty heartbreaking, but that song was. <laughs> it just made it worth it. Yeah, it lifted my spirits. Oh. Um, so, oh, uh, now with, I think Friday 13th part two, uh, you know, I love that's my favorite of the Friday Thirteenth. So I'm not. I'm going to and that makes it. sense. Like there's there's enough of a setup in the first one, even if they didn't plan it that way. They yeah. did same with Aliens. Like they both went back to the first one to find reason to do a sequel, using things in the first movie to support it, which is pretty admirable. Yeah, that's and it's like you said but previously that he's the son, that it's the son of the mother yeah. and stuff. Son of Voorhees. Son of yeah. Why didn't they call it Son of it Voorhees yeah. or Son of Friday the Thirteenth? <laughs> which is really Saturday the Fourteenth. Yeah, yeah. That's the little baby that comes yeah, out. That's of, how days change. They each replicate like grandma. Days are like Russian dolls. Like yeah. you just inside is a little baby. Yes, that Russian doll right there is based on the days of the week. <laughs> That's bad. I love your beautiful Russian dolls. Thank you. And I like that you take them out one by one because otherwise you'd, I'm just looking at a big fat Russian doll. Show me the mystery. Yeah, I know. For all I know, if you don't display your Russian dolls, you don't have the three to seven ones that go in there. Yeah. You've sold them or it's something. It's just a doll. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, I realize we maybe haven't introduced the show and we're getting deep into That's comparing okay, part one and part two. Okay, but okay. we, I mean, Nightmare is about the only one we have left to cover because yeah. what's, what's Freddy's death in the first one? Is it? 
so it, it is left with a cliffhanger that he could still be alive because then ends with the car, like that's right, the stripe, yeah, uh, convertible roof. That and works, then, yeah. Um, and the mom gets pulled in through the window of the door. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and also just that Freddy already died and existed in nightmares. It's easy for me to believe that you yeah. can't really kill somebody in an. I mean, I know she pulled him out yeah. and killed him that way. But, like, remember Freddy dies, he, like, turns to blue light and kind of, like, disappears while her mom becomes <laughs> a skeleton right. in the bed and, That's like, disappears, right. too. It's, like, a weird fantasy, so. So I say, fuck it. How would you rank them? Why not? Yeah! Oh, that's good. <laughs> a yeah. mini ranking, and then we'll get into Ooh. introducing the show. And, and I'll add into this, what's so cool about the Hall- Halloween franchise is there are essentially, like, three part twos you could even say yes or going to be uh four yeah like i know it's a little like fudging to say it halloween h2o and a halloween resurrection is a part one part two but i kind of think it is because there was such a large gap and then those followed on each other yeah uh so there's halloween 78 halloween 281 Mm mm-hmm uh, we don't have to do Halloween H two O resurrection, but I feel like that. But I think good. part four is in many ways. <gasps> yes. Well, no, because it. it's still saying their sister no. and brother. So let's do it. Let's do it. Let's still call those part one, part twos. Okay. Halloween four and five is a part one, part two. Halloween H two O and resurrection is a part one, part yeah. two. The zombies. Yeah. And then this upcoming one's gonna yeah. like they're chock a block. Yeah. Of part two. Chock a block. I also had the thought. Speaking of this Halloween franchise and how they've been really big on canceling out previous episodes, everybody seems to want to go back to one. Why haven't they done that with not a reboot of Jaws, but a kind of like, they'd probably just call it Jaws again, but it would meant to take place in a universe where only Jaws 1 existed. Oh. And uh, like Brody's, it's Brody's son again, but- That's such a great uh, question. And there was a tweet that- I wouldn't say went viral, but it was getting like shared like a month ago. That was about this, where they were like, Universal has full rights to do, they own Jaws and the property and the franchise. They could do whatever they want with it. But because Steven Spielberg is so respected, they won't do it without his permission. Well, why? What about those other three? Well, I think those were like before he had oh, total yeah. clout. I see. Okay. Yeah. And it was like this Jaws 2 came out. I think he almost was going to do Jaws 2 when like the first director got fired after a month and they were going to maybe, yeah. he was maybe, but I would doubt he would ever have done yeah. Jaws 2. But I think that was sort of like he couldn't say no to those. I see. But I bet out of just formality and wanting to continue to do work they just like give him a heads up first like hey if we went back to jaws would you be okay with that and did a sequel and apparently he says no no the day he dies there's gonna be so many franchise things greenlit jaws universal alone has jaws et back to the future jurassic park jesus yeah then he could they could just like I was thinking about that because I was thinking with this question, but I was just like, uh, oh my God, I thought literally that was a little morbid, but I was like, oh, when he dies, it's just going to be a feeding frenzy, <laughs> uh, like for those properties. I know. Um, well, let's rank these uh, 
Yes. And, and we don't have to setups? do those all those Halloween ones. Uh, no, just the little, one yeah. into two. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the two, the zombie ones as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. I don't even remember. Um. Okay, so I mean, how, the best one yeah. for me is Halloween. Me too. Yeah. Um, the second I would say is maybe I know Alien. I'd go Friday the Thirteenth, but then my third would be Alien. Yeah, and I love you know Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. I would just say like the ease. This is specifically the ease at which the first one can go into the second one, and the second one does a good job. Oh, of that's like, true. Plus, you got the same characters in Alien. Yeah, I'm not trying to change like yeah. the the rules here. To I, no, I just I'm mean, with like, you. I think I'd go Alien too. You've uh, charmed me. Okay. <laughs> I uh, I Milano Doherty <laughs> McGowan'd you. You sure did. Uh, now the next one, yeah, for me would be Friday Thirteen. Okay, it's just like them having to make sense of why Jason like was alive and his mom didn't know it was like living in the woods. Yeah. It's like. Look, I love it. So I'll look yeah. the other way. But yeah. uh, the the next one would be for me. I'd go Jaws. I think because even though Nightmare sort of sets it up, it feels like a little bit of a tacked on junk food twist. Yeah. It doesn't feel that earned to me. Yeah, where Jaws is just like eh, we're just gonna make it quick and easy. Yeah, Jaws, I think, is like, yeah, Jaws is my next one because I think it's just pretty simple. It is like this part of the neck of the woods in the country, like, gets yeah. sharks, and there's another shark, and this town has to, like, deal with it again. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, maybe Nightmare is the least interesting just because it's, like, all fantasy. So it's a little hard to, like, yeah, make something, like, earned. You could just go like, yeah, whatever. He's a nightmare man. <laughs> He's a nightmare man. <laughs> hey, listen, I want to propose something that's unprecedented on this podcast Ooh. and bodes well for the length of this episode. Please. A pre-episode opening pee break. Oh my gosh. Before like our we own even, Bond uh, Yeah, this was the cold sequence. open. Yeah. Then we, but we haven't even introduced the show, talked any business, but I have to pee and we're what? 20 minutes in. Yeah. So we'll take a pee break and then come back and introduce the show. Uh, I love that. Let's do it. Uh, and did we have a pee break? Oh, well, I think with Jaws 2, we got to use the two somehow, even though mm. we, we, neither of us, I don't think, no. are going to go two. No. Uh, but well, but, but between, the, two. Be, between the two of us, we are. We're each going to go number one. Oh, that's so odd. And it's going to be difficult two. for next week when one of us will have to go number two and one of us will have to go number one. And then on four, we're just going to be shitting our brains out. It'll be tough for me just uh, uh, rhyth uh, rhythmically <laughs> doing all these numbers. Uh, so, oh, okay. So I was just thinking maybe it's like, um, nah, two. Like, not to two, I'm taking a one. Yeah, oh, that's better. Or if we want to go, if we're saying each of our ones together, it's Oz two. Like, we're oh. each going to do an Oz one, and together that's an Oz two. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Oz two break. Okay, we'll be right back. With Molly and Rast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. With And we're back. And welcome to With Gorley and Rust. <laughs> this is the easy listening cozy cast where we talk at length about horror films, sci-fi thrillers, mm. um, franchise delights. Freakouts. Freakouts. Scaries and chilies. The thing is, if you're a listener to the free version of this podcast, welcome. Mm. And we would like to offer you a chance to enhance your listener uh, experience, yes. and that is to go to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust, and there you can get episodes a week early, no pesky ads, you can get feature-length film commentaries, which this month we've taken a slight diversion because it's just been a long-running desire for everyone involved that we do a commentary to Return of the Jedi. Speaking yes. of Revenge of Jaws and oh Return of Jaws. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, we also do mailbag episodes. We we frequently drop some other bonus material. Mm-hmm. There's a whole community discussion going on over there in Discord, which is a wonderful family. Yes. And we've recently done an episode about the cozy – we did a tournament, like NCAA <laughs> tournament bracket of which of the 49 films we have covered prior yes. to Jaws was the coziest film so far? I mean, we are, uh, we consider ourselves the uh, uh, cozy cast. Yes. Um, maybe the coziest of horror casts. Has to be. Um, and so we decided to, ho- you know, yeah, do this bracket. Now, the thing was, it was fun. It was super fun, but it was also important. It was. It was important work that needed to be done, and, and we got it done. Shocking and- it hadn't been done prior to this by <laughs> some someone. Like what what's humanity doing? Yeah, like some sort of a apple cider orchard <laughs> should have like had like a cozy bracket yeah. for for like the best sweater or something. But yeah, I think we did it first. Yeah. And now speaking of that, live today on Patreon, if you subscribe, you can be a part of this. But all of you trustees, that's what we call our Patreon subscribers, mm-hmm. you get to now go nominate. A bunch of categories for right. who, like who's the coziest actor, director, <laughs> coziest costume, coziest pet in one of these movies. All of these things are in there. Yeah. Then once oh those nominations are in, and I want to take a, a big moment here to thank our our man in England, Umar Ditta and Dustin Kraft, who have been putting together this whole 
Google form where it's going to be really easy for you oh to go on there goodness. and do this. They're going to collate that data. And then a few weeks after that, we're going to do an episode where we take those nominations and choose the winners of those things in terms of what's the coziest Holy element of moly. these films. Yeah. So uh, I think we discussed briefly before that we typically do a commentary every month. We're going to occasionally swap a commentary out with a ranking or a tournament or yeah. that kind of episode just to, just to change it up a little bit. So yeah. that will be the next one. So you might as well get in on this party. Oh yeah. Get in, uh, get in on the party. Um, because this DJ is playing some real jams. <laughs> So all you have to do is look in the show notes. There's a link to the Patreon. There's also a link to our merchandise page on Redbubble where you can get all kinds of groovy t-shirts and mugs and shit. Yeah. 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 And it contains uh, such effortless commentary like me saying, yes, it's a party and there's a DJ playing (laughs) the best jams. Well, we know our roles. Yes, that's right. I straight man and you come in and you dunk it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, oh my gosh! I mean, it's nice to have everybody here, huh? It is. You're yeah. talking about Jaws too. Oh, here um, we go. Uh, and uh, uh, as always, just a pleasure to just a well, not always a pleasure. Now a, a new rare pleasure getting to sit here on a nice cushioned seat with you, oh, yeah. cross looking at you right, right with no screens. No, back where we started. Back where this all began when we first started talking about old frog boy Jason. We used to do a big timeline on my windows. And uh, I don't know that there's much of a Jaws timeline, so it's probably... Yeah, it's, pretty, it's like a shark. It's one straight line. That's right. Just, there's no sh- like Jaws prequels or anything like that. No, the closest we get is Quint's story about the Indianapolis... Uh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Jaws 2. What are your initial... Um, Maybe not thoughts on the movie, but just like memory yeah. first impact was big Jaws for me because Ooh, this yes. was big on Select TV, which I've mentioned on here before. It's where Halloween came to me. It's where The Brood came to me. Early cable television, and I think in some ways, other than a really strong memory of the girl at the beginning of Jaws getting eaten and the Brody Hooper Quint stuff. Most of my early memories of Jaws are from Jaws 2, I think. Gorley, alleluia, let that choir sing. <laughs> that is my experience really? with Jaws 2. Uh, we didn't have select vision. Was that unedited? Was that more like an HBO that you got? Yeah, it like, was on. It was, yeah, no. So the brood, uncut. you got to see somebody really, a little full kid giblets. beat. A, <laughs> full neck giblets. Full, full frontal giblets. Full frontal meat tenderizer. Oh boy. Yeah. Because. Uh, yeah, I realized watching this, this was the Jaws movie I saw all the time as a kid because it was on USA Network uh, or TBS or maybe near the turn of the 80s into the 90s, a TNT yeah. network would be showing Jaws 2. And I have a gut feeling that it's because it probably costs a little bit more to buy oh, right. Jaws from Universal. It probably costs a little less to shut Jaws 2. And when you're <laughs> flipping through the channels, yep. Jaws 2 looks a lot like Jaws 1. So it really does. I, even though I stopped watching this when I was like 11 or 12, uh, and I, ha- I haven't watched it since, there were so many things that were uh, visceral responses of like, I remember how her... 
shoes, her foot slid on that slippery boat when she was trying to climb up oh. after that girl saved Sean, the little boy. Okay, I need to talk about that. Yes, please. Because that's the thing that has stayed with me from this movie always. It's the main thing I remember. That is that is a as a kid, I remember seeing that and going, "Oh my god!" That at the time, I'm thinking I didn't think of her as a woman, but I thought of her as like my babysitter's age, yes. going like that. That girl, that young woman, saved what would have been me and sacrificed her life to do it, and it put me down a Bob Rochelle stuntman wormhole where I started researching who this actress was. Oh, great! And her her name is um. Hold on, Susan Sarandon. <laughs> what? Because I also had a big crush on her too. Because she's she, but she just shows up at the end. She's not really in the earlier part of the yeah, movie. Well, right? much like the other nineteen seventy eight hit, well hits Halloween and Superman. Uh, Superman definitely has a saving somebody in the water sequence. That is very cool. <laughs> yes, Martha Swaytek is her name. <laughs> She plays Marge. She was so indelibly just pressed into my mind. And she grew up in Long Beach where what? Bob Rochelle grew up. What? I know. What's she, in the water? I literally. don't know. And then, you know, I lived in Long Beach for 20 years. She was, and her sisters were windsurfers. And there's some speculation that that's why she was cast in this movie. Cause she just had a, probably like a real. Innateness. Yeah. Like a just a water baby or something. But yeah. I was always so. Poopers. She what? She had flippers. She did in Gills like the Mariner in Waterworld. <laughs> but I so had, this is incredible. That- yeah, and I just always remember being taken by that. And and I remember being young enough to feel protected by her, but old enough to have a little crush on her. So it was that weird mix of yes. formative things. And she well, just always stayed with me. That is fantastic. And I don't know if you felt this also in the younger brother mode. Um, both of us have older sisters, but yeah. older siblings. Yes. Uh, we don't have a Michael. We have a Michelle. Yeah, and a Jenny. Uh, uh, and an yeah. Amy. Yeah. Uh, but like the um, uh, the moment when the older – when Michael says to Sean, like, you're in the way. Get out of the way. And the girl girl comes up. Maybe this is that girl that we're talking about, that actress. I can't remember. I don't think so because it might maybe be she's later pops up, but like, and the brother's like, yeah, take him, go ahead, go ahead. The idea that like, oh right, my older sibling isn't my parent, no, and they're not going to necessarily always be looking out for me, and if I tag along with them and I get in the way, I might end up being away from them with a shark attack. Like it taps into like some younger sibling. It does. Trauma. Cause also like the babysitter <laughs> or the friend of the older sibling was always way more looking out for you than the sibling. I got to say overall for Jaws too, the friend sibling, um, they're like dimensional characters. Like the curly haired guy who's Michael's friend. The Shelly of this, like the sh- but more I, dimensional. But God <laughs> damn it. I was going to say <laughs> Sorry. the Shelly. No, it's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, I will call him the Shelly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people couldn't see this because this is uh, an audio format, but I just pounded my fist so hard. It hurts right now because I was so excited. <laughs> you said that he's the Shelly. Shelly from Friday the 13th, part three. Three. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Obviously. <laughs> You never know. People are like, Shelly Long. Shelly Duvall? these guys are Cheers fans and Poseidon She doesn't look anything like him. Uh, Shelly Duvall or Shelly... No. Long? 
but who I said Poseidon Adventure, but that's Shelley. oh Shelley Winters. Shelley oh, Winters. she does kind of he he looks a little bit like Shelley Winters. <laughs> so the uh, <laughs> when the uh, 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 um, when the the Shelley of Jaws two is like. Hey man, why are we doing this? Let's stay on the beach and just hang out. And yeah. like, I think there's going to be too much room, uh, too many people on this boat. You got to be play careful, Michael. I was like, for the husky buddy in a late seventies, like early like eighties horror movie, he's like the only best buddy that was actually look at. Most of the time, those people are like, damn, let's get as many people on the boat. Oh, you pussy, you're going to stay yeah. on the beach? Yeah. I like that guy. I do too. Especially at the end, he's kind of, you know, like. Oh, well, Michael disappears. I know. So it, it's left to Larry Jr., <laughs> the mayor's son. Yeah, that's right. And the Shelly of the group to like really be the heroes. And Marge, for crying out loud, the sacrificial. Oh. Well, and the I, but I think the way they show honor to Marge is that the death is bloodless. Mm. It's basically like Josh just kind of comes up and like unhinges his jaws and just like swallows her. Yeah, whole like a hot dog eating like, contest, just kind of yeah. like goes <laughs> like she's plankton. Yeah, and it's I think it's strange because they yeah. they they have a lot of bit player friends. Like there's a right. there's. Two other so girls, many. and they introduce Marge just for this end scene, only to have her killed. It's interesting that they did, didn't have one of the others do it, and yet think, she makes yeah. an impact on me way more than the others who have been around most of the movie. Yes, she is a very like pivotal character, for, and then, well, because she also jumps out to get yes. Sean. It's not that they both get knocked into the water. Right. Sean does. None of the guys jump in. No, she's like this boy is in trouble and she doesn't even think she goes in gets him up and is thanklessly murdered by an unevil just hungry shark it's so crazy though that that like stuck with you because the scenario in that whole melee that happens at the end there is the one right before that when the first couple they're like making out and jaws knocks the shark knocks the guy out of the thing and then the girls in the boat tina Tina, Tina's Joy. Tina's Joy. As the name of the boat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tina's Joy. Uh, uh, I bet, do you think Eddie's jealous of that? He wants to be Tina's Joy. Who's Eddie? Isn't Eddie the guy she's making out with? Oh my God. That's so kind that you remember his name. <laughs> Did you say kind? <laughs> yes. He's respectful towards Eddie. <laughs> so respectful of Eddie. But I do like to think that when he saw Is that, it was Eddie? like, oh, I thought I was Tina's Joy. <laughs> Yeah, it's Eddie. Oh, what do you expect? You're going to wear a shirt that says Tina's Joy? No, the boat's going to be called something. Don't take it personally, Eddie. Uh, But uh, uh, when – I don't know if you were necessarily saying this about the babysitter, but I feel like the last like 20 minutes of Jaws gives you a playbook for all your pretend jaw scenarios you can play at the pool or the lake. They give you the like, I got to get to the boat. The babysitter who will, the babysitter, but who will swim you to the side, but she gets sacrificed. Then there's the one that I like was my favorite, which was the person's in the boat and they see Jaws there out in the water and there's one person, they're like, swim. Yes. You got to swim as fast as you can to get onto the boat. Yes. 
plus the, the limited space platform where you, the survivors can oh, be trapped without a doubt either Gourley. the boat the like the little floating atoll of boats or the cable junction tiny yes. island yeah and you're uh, well, if people are on an inflatable raft and it's like oh easy easy yeah, yeah, my yeah. elbow can't fall out of the thing <laughs> then the third scenario that's so good in that Jaws 2 that you could recreate at home <laughs> in your, uh, uh, at your pool your local pool and at your leisure and your bathtub, if you'd yes. like, uh, was the when Michael is passed out in the water. Oh, God. Yeah. And a group of people have to get the raft over to the person passed. They don't even know there's a shark. And then, like, getting to play the person who's passed out was, like, fun because you're like, I don't have to. So this is all on them, but I get to feel the suspense of will they <laughs> capture me in time for the pretend shark? Yeah. Um, watching that last 20 minutes was so fun. Just on a, like, I've played all of these games. It To me, it, it reminds me of Aliens in that Alien and Jaws are so good but I have a lot of fun with the part twos of both of those and I don't know if I'm even having maybe more fun or a different kind of fun I don't know but I love both of them. Well you can compare them because Halloween 2 was Universal bought this indie movie Hollow, uh, the property for that and then distributed like a, Hol a Universal released Halloween 2 and Jaws 2 is universal. And they both, I hadn't thought about this, they both feel like they kind of have like... Wait, you mean Halloween? I'm talking about aliens. Oh, shit. <laughs> Why did I think you were saying Halloween? But go, Halloween 2 is fun. I just mean they kind of just... What one takes so so much time doing when setting up with, with um, like suspense... Part two is like, we don't now need to bother with suspense. Let's just have fun with the concept. That's a perfect comparison. And I think yeah. even the new director said that. He's like, I'm not going to do a bunch of not showing the shark like the first movie because we've all seen the shark. Let's just get to it. Even though this movie doesn't yeah. really get Well, right that's to the it. best choice, I think, in Jaws 2 is yeah. the, like not playing uh, footsie with Jaws. Yeah. That would be so – that would make the whole movie so – annoying right if you would like but i love after that first party you see like jaws kind of like pop up, pop out of the water in the dark oh yeah that was really good yeah, yeah uh and then getting to see like him more full body like they did the kind of their own like version of like the strip tease where you saw more of jaws at the very beginning of jaws 2 practically than you did most of Jaws 1, but then they keep increasing that to the point that when they're pulling Michael out of the water and a f more fuller body Jaws oh, kind of yeah. comes out and like narrowly gets him as they pull in the boat. Like I was like, uh, ooh, I'm getting to see more of Jaws than I got to see in the than the chum scene yeah. with uh, Brody when he's chumming the water. And it's a bit of a blessing and a curse because I, I would say the first half or even the first three quarters of the shark attacks aren't they're kind of underwhelming because when he kills those oh sorry when mrs jaws kills those two <laughs> scuba divers and it's just close-up shots of them like spinning and twirling yeah then you get to eddie and tina which is incredible and then the whole final set piece of all the teens that shark stuff is so yeah. fun and yes. so good yeah the the all those kills, like I do like this sort of like 
I think this came out the same year as Halloween. So like the slasher element of a group of teenagers kind of like getting knocked off. It's like, cool to see this happen. Do you think that's conscious that they were kind of like, let's do. No, because I think this came out before Halloween. It's just like, and then I think the original script, the novelization is about like young Michael please and this is a true like let me know if i'm wrong like if the jaws 2 book isn't about like a group of teenagers getting attacked by a jaws i think it is i think their, the main difference was that amity was now a ghost town nobody would come because of tourism so that was the well, and that the, was the first script that they canned yeah well yeah. the idea was always it's going to end with a group of young people being attacked by Jaws. And that just lined up with the same year Halloween came out. I think that's like just cool, coincidental, zeitgeisty thing. I thought, you know, I was like, what could this at all be trying to like pull from? And I do think the ensemble of teenagers reminds me a lot of uh, Carrie, Mm, yeah. the, like the cast from Carrie, and what that came out that? in '76. Oh. So I thought maybe that's like Probably. what they're trying to pull from is like, I think in Carrie, when you watch that, what's like fairly groundbreaking about it is you're like seeing like really good actors play adolescent high school types, and you get invested in like what's going on with them in a, a horror movie. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then you see this group of youngins uh oh but what i was gonna say like i like the sort of slasher format of like you get like good shark kills every seven to ten minutes in that first like hour i thought more of those teens were gonna die for sure yeah um same and i oh what i was gonna say was like those early kills i agree with you that like all of it's Good, but like when it comes to the actual moment of like the kill, like I love the setup of the skier. Yeah, me it's too. so cool that shot when it's like Jaws's fin is in the foreground yes. and the skiers yeah. in yes. the background. That's like all so awesome. But then the moment when like he bites her, you don't like. I guess he bites her leg and breaks her down. It's more of a POV or something. That's so weird, and like that should be like grizzly and yeah. Uh, the thing I was going to say that's like similar to Halloween too with the universal of it all like what you were saying like it delivers on the pleasures I hear what you're saying about aliens it's like oh let's just go run with this concept and make it fun and less about suspense I was thinking like to me it feels a little like Halloween too, where it's like they know all the good stuff about the first one like the vibe mm-hmm. so they're good at like repeating that but it just doesn't have it's made efficiently it's not incompetent you're talking about halloween halloween yeah. 2 and jaws 2 yeah. they're like workmanlike yes, they're like they are very much they're like well done but like they just lack the verve of an auteur Absolutely. doing it so yeah. you're just sort of like well, I'm getting all this stuff I like, and believe me, now having watched Jaws two, I'm like, I will fully rewatch Jaws two all the time when I want to watch like Diet Jaws. And yeah, just like it is Diet Jaws. <laughs> it's absolutely Diet Jaws. Yeah, and just get to have fun like shark kills like yeah. most of the time. But yeah, um, the director. Speaking of that 
uh, water skiing scene. So okay, when the yeah. first director was fired and they were going to do that Amityville ghost town concept, they needed a little time to rework the script. So they brought in the second director and he didn't have a script. So he just shot that water ski scene thinking we'll just need some little set piece moment oh, that's kind of unrelated a little bit. So that's his first like sequence that he had to shoot was the yeah. water skiing thing. I forget his name. Forgive me. But I, I, I was going to ask you, how do you pronounce it? Because it's like... Je he's a he's French. He was born in Paris. I saw on a Wikipedia page. But I don't know how to. Um, but he had a notorious conflict with Roy Scheider to the point where they apparently even got in a fight, a fist fight. <laughs> I wouldn't want to get in a fist fight with my dad, Roy Scheider. Jeanos Schwark, I guess. Schwark, Schwark, Schwark. <laughs> Schwark! Schwark! No, no, it's the name of me! This is why they got in a fight, because every time he came on set, Scheider would be like, Schwark! Schwark! The casting crew would all run. He's like, no, no, no. This would never happen in France. (laughs) Yeah, he's really a workman director, because what else did he direct? He did... Santa Claus the movie. (laughs) Well, he did Somewhere in Time, Supergirl, Santa Claus the movie, uh... Boy, and then we're not doing a bunch of TV. Wow, he's the guy you get for diminishing return sequels. No kidding. Now, um, Santa Claus the movie and uh, Supergirl are both produced by the Superman. Saul Kinds? Yeah. 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 Um, So, yeah, I do feel like this... uh, well, yeah, what do you think that Scheider fight is? Is it just like... Well, he did not want to do this movie. He was mm. under contract with Universal for, I believe it was a four-picture deal. Mm. And, oh, forgive me. Oh, I forget what it is, but no, he, he wanted out of his contract and he had two more films left. And I think they said, oh... Here's what it was. He mm-hmm. was in the Deer Hunter in the Robert De Niro role, and he didn't, he wanted out because he didn't believe his character would like travel around the world for something. And I think he had two more pictures left in his deal, mm-hmm. and they and he did not want to do Jaws two, but they said if you'll do Jaws two, well, you're free from your contract. You don't have to do the two pictures anymore. Something like that. oh, Jaws two counts as two. For them, because they knew what they were yeah. getting money-wise, and he agreed to do it, but he did not want to be there, which is interesting because he's not at all phoning it in. He really no, he does a pretty good job in this film, but I guess I don't know what his issue with the director was. I think he felt well if he's quitting the deer hunter because he's having disagreements with the director. Hey, I love Scheider, but. Yeah. Seems like that guy might have just uh, needed a STFU <laughs> a little bit and uh, chillax a little. Yeah, because uh, I wonder how he got along with Spielberg, though. That's what I was just wondering. Like, is it just a matter of he if he thinks somebody is ain't the real deal? He like Maybe. pushes him around a bit, or or did the success of Jaws go to Scheider's head? And so then later, I mean, it's funny because if he did Sorcerer and the French Connection and Jaws, so he's like, yeah, so he's in like Spielberg, Friedkin, Schlesinger movies. Yeah. So if he's doing Heaven's Gate with Michael Cimino, I could see like Michael Cimino is trying to now run with the big dogs and he's casting like all these. 
But man, uh, so instead all of Jazz, he does Jaws too. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So it was a tense set, apparently. Yeah, and on water. I mean, there's the 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 performance. I can tell. Yeah, you're right. He's not selling it. Like that city council meeting where he has to like tell them like there's another shark. I was like, he's bringing what he has to. He's doing great because this scene is like would be pretty lame to have to do like we're just basically going like you don't believe me again. there's another shark again yeah and, and there's a lot going on because um what's murray what's his name the murray man? hamilton murray hamilton his wife i think ha- had cancer or was they were waiting oh. on a biopsy for cancer so he i think he seems a little distracted he seems a little more tired in this movie also yeah um, they have that weird scene where he's like in their back office and it's just like a brick like walled it doesn't look like the real office of a mayor and it's like behind the where the people sit it's so strange and one thing i like that they cut out is that the council votes on whether to fire brody or not and the only person Uh, that votes not to fire him is mayor vaughn like he's won uh, him over i really like that but that's not in the movie yeah and then um there's a lot written up about this that uh brody's wife i forget her name uh, uh, Ellen. Ellen was, this was, I think, something with the first movie too, that she was the wife of, I forget which executive. And oh, he uh, was- man- uh, 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 Sid Scheinberg. Sid Scheinberg. So he was mandating she get a bigger part. I, I uh, That's a troubling internet lore because you don't know like what's, what's this mythologi- mythologized lore yeah. here or, you know, she's really good in these movies. She yeah. could easily justify And doing when this. I watched that movie, I thought- they're making a big dramatic mistake here. Like in sequel terms, they should have Michael and Sean both be out on those rafts and Scheider and Brody dad and Brody mom are showing up and somehow the mom trying to get one of the boys falls into the raft too or into the water. So now he's got to save his wife. Like they biffed it. Like he's trying to save his youngest son, Sean, knowing that Michael is fully taken care of and like back on shore along with his wife. But why does he leave the deputy with his wife and son? I guess to take care of Michael, but it seems like they're safe. This other boat's coming. Yeah. Although he takes off before that, there's any real recognition that that boat understands what's happening. Yes. Yeah. But why wouldn't he take the deputy with him? Good point. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder. I mean, and then when he's trying to save on his own like that he's trying to save sean and then this like that girl who's like the cousin who's with him who like we're supposed to give a shit about even though i haven't heard her string a series of words together in a sentence (laughs) until like 70 minutes in the movie when she goes do you do everything your parents tell you i'm like well who are you she's that naughty cousin that comes to town you know but i haven't seen like one single scene of not just her. Okay, I know I'm not going to get a scene of her like alone with her parent or like with, <laughs> you know talking to somebody on her own. But this is not even a scene between her and Michael previously. No, I know. So when she's like, "Are you going to be there?" I'm like, "I don't know. Do you guys know each other?" So then, why are we supposed to give a shit that she's the one on the raft that's supposed to say she and, gets so many scream close-ups too? Oh my god! If I saw one close-up of her with like quivering lip and like spastic like. I was so annoyed by that character by the end, particularly in light of your friend Marge here, who's like sacrificing herself. Noble Marge. 
Noble Marge, I think, was her full name in the script originally. Yeah, Noble Marge. And then with uh, the other thing that was annoying me about that uh, character was like, she was getting all these like meaningful, like there's a full on like zoom in close up yeah. of her when she's registering like a shark's coming. Yeah. I'm like, was there a deleted scene where we find out like that shark was her dad? I feel like it is. <laughs> they just did a, okay, girls line up. Who's got the best scream? Here we go. Scream and like they all came from the same casting call because I love that she's supposed to be the like, oh my God, look out for the Every single friend in that group of friends is a pretty blonde Hollywood star yeah, yeah. like or or should be in a hollywood movie it makes no sense when the cousin shows up they're like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. i'm like are you looking around at all the girls here i know you've what's got- different about her than any of the other girls <laughs> you've got miss amity which is a whole crazy thing in itself i know at the time this wouldn't have seemed weird but just the fact that they have this big banquet in this hotel in the pool and this teenage girl has to go out in a bathing suit. It's not even the pageant when they're doing a bathing suit competition. Don't. She has to be paraded around in a bathing suit. For a ribbon cutting ceremony. cut a ribbon and release balloons. It is and crazy. Then, and then Brody's reaction in front of his wife. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. His, which is like, okay, whatever. A dad from another time. But it's like, this is the your first moment with the 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 sheriff is whistling at a uh, barely legal or uh, not legal. I don't think legal. <laughs> and then the mom's like madman era like nudge of like you old irascible horn dog. <laughs> She's more worried that he was late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but come on, holy shit! I want every single movie to open with. A marching band playing downtown at a Holiday Inn with an indoor pool. Is that indoor or was it a courtyard? I couldn't tell. Oh, I think that's a a, a water. That's what the balloons fall down. They fall down in the water. No, it is a pool. But was it indoor or was it like an open courtyard? I couldn't tell. I, I, I really don't know. I see, I see. I I imagine it indoors, but maybe, maybe it's it because is. all of my Holiday Inn experiences had like indoor pools. Growing yeah, up, you're probably so. right. Um, I don't know if you had this as much growing up in Southern California with them. Um, indoor pools aren't as necessary. No. But when I was a kid, to walk into a hotel, if you didn't know it had an indoor pool, but like when you go with your parents to check in and you smell oh, the, the smell of chlorine. Oh yeah, in the we lobby. did have that because of our YMCA oh, a block yeah. from my house. Yeah, to walk in there to be like the heavenly delights that are promising me now with this. It was so intoxicated as a kid to wake walk into a lobby that was like reeked of chlorine. That's and chemicals. funny because my version of that is mixed because I have this feeling of swimming, but the YMCA was so regimented and they had those lanes in the pool that it was never free swimming. It was like work uh, swimming, like swim also, lessons or something. They got intense locker room situations. Yeah. I never liked going to like our uh, YMCA or rec center stuff because I was just like, they yeah. really don't care about us having privacy here in the bathroom. No, they sure don't. No. Ugh, I hate it. <laughs> but it, the Holiday Inn indoor pool has signed me up. Yeah. Uh, just one general note I also wanted to – do you think this title would have been better with Jaws T-O-O? Yeah. I mean, if ever you could finally justify one of those. 
Well, yeah. Teen Wolf 2, it worked because look, we've also got this other Teen Wolf. And same with this. Look. He's a, she's a Jaws too. Yeah. She's a, she's a married woman, a middle-aged married female shark. They should have really leaned into that. Cause then I think I would have cared more. I mean, I, I really, I, I'll, I'll say I, I, I really enjoy Jaws too here, but, um, I think if they had more scenes of her, like saving private Ryan style, getting like the news that her husband's like killed. <laughs> Like, they bring her a, a um, triangularly folded up piece of seaweed. <laughs> <laughs> and it's two like hammerhead sharks in suits. <laughs> Man, do you have a second? Now, what if they really did? So like, this is the way I could, tr- if they were trying to ground this and they're like, right. Um, even if this isn't true scientifically, this is the way they would have to do it. Yeah, like movie, they would movie logic. Get yeah, yeah. Hooper or that lady that plays the shark expert when the orca yeah. is on the beach going, you know, uh, great whites are a monogamous species. They mate for life so that um, they go through a period oh, of, of behavioral change if one of their mates disappears or dies and they typically lash out in a feeding frenzy. This is common behavior for, you know, carcaris carnibus or whatever it is, That's good. you know, and so it wouldn't be unheard of uh, in the thirties on the Australian gold coast or wherever it is, African yeah. gold coast. They, you know, there was uh, many recorded cases because the, hunting of great whites was so prevalent that uh, a week or two later, sometimes four years later, they would find tagged sharks that were coming after revenge for their mates. That's good. That's great. But that would be hard to swallow. That would be the only way they could do it. No, uh, I would buy it if it was, if because look, they wasted that animal lady, the nature expert that yeah. they brought up. What was the point of that scene? She should have come and said that. I know. Also, I was hoping her character, because um, obviously she was like some sort of Hooper stand-in, that they have, they would like, it's Hooper's sister. Yes, yeah. And it was just like Hooper. She could even have like the beard, but just like have braids. <laughs> it's Hooper's wife. Hooper's wife. Yeah. And they would be like. <laughs> Which means she looks exactly like Hooper. <laughs> but they like, we we did forensics on the explosion of, of Jaws and we did find his claspers. So we know that that's the oh. male, which means this shark is Jaws's wife. And we know also that they've been, this, this happened on their 10th anniversary. <laughs> she, that night she was like wearing a beautiful red dress waiting to go out on their 10th oh. anniversary date. And he's like, um, I mean, the scene, the movie should have started with her sadly undressing because she knows she can't go on her 10th anniversary date. And then it goes to four years later. And Jaws was just shopping for like, he was going to put all the, humans he ate in a big cardboard heart valentine's box like chocolates he had a huge a beauty ate what was it all the humans he ate <laughs> he was gonna put in a big heart-shaped cardboard box like chocolates to bring to her for their anniversary i mean this is all in the novel i imagine it was a perfume called impunity eight <laughs> <laughs> he was just trying to get on shore to the gift shop to pick up some of the hottest scent that summer. Impunity eight. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I guess how's the- Impunity eight stack up there with Halloween Resurrection and Jason Takes Manhattan? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it struggles like all the eights. Yeah, do, you know. <laughs> this is crazy. I have what? to take a pee break. Oh, I love it, Gorley. You got to take a. 
Oz One. Two. We'll be right back. With Corley and Rust. With Corley and Rust. We're back. We're back. Just when you thought it was safe to go back to the toilet. I didn't even realize that this was the movie that's from. I thought that that was from the first Jaws for some reason, even though it makes no sense. Uh, well, it's funny. It's it's a bit your experience in micro to experience what I had in macro. I, I did know like, oh, that's a cool tagline for Jaws 2. But because there was such a gap from like stopped watching Jaws movies around 11 or 12, then started watching the first Jaws after I got out of uh, high college, kind of around, I started like, ooh, I'm watching Jaws every year. I realized, much to like you're saying like, oh, I thought the tagline was the first one. There are so many scenes that I thought were in the first Jaws. Too. That like when I'd watch the first Jaws, I would go, well, where's the scene where Brody runs into the water and, and causes a I false panic? I always think that's in the first movie. Because there's too. a similar enough scene that it makes it feel like it would fit. Yeah. And it's partly why the Alex uh, death is surprising because in Jaws 1, he gets killed so suddenly, that little boy, because I thought, no, there's a false alarm before that. Or when I'd see him get killed, I think this is part of the false alarm. Yeah. But I just, but I blanked out everything about the shark tower, the observation tower, and cable stuff. junction. Yeah. Speaking of Kintner, Mrs. Kintner, Kintner, yes, yes. She, I guess, appears in part four. I didn't realize this, but did you know she died of COVID? No. Yes, that's what I read. Anyway, was it because of a mayor who was saying it's okay to go back into supermarkets <laughs> maskless? I know. I mean, she of <laughs> anyone to be glib about it? No, but yeah, like that's a very emblematic real life circumstance for someone. Like yeah. that, who played that role to die because of that is yeah. really interesting. What if her son, real life son, ironically, is Dr. Fauci? Whoa. Like her fictional son was taken by it, but her real life son was, <laughs> uh, I think, impervious to, to Fauci's COVID. the hooper of COVID. Fauci's the hoop. Let's cast okay. the. Okay, so the mayor's Trump. We'll just yeah. get that out of the way. Yeah. You don't even have to side mouth that. I think you can scream it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then uh, Carl Gottlieb's character, like the the blue, big blue suited press agent. Oh, yeah. that, that's sort of like the um, Kellyanne Conway. Yeah. And, uh, uh, what's her name? Her name. Uh, oh, I know who you're talking about. I already blanked it out. Yeah. Okay, so, the, so who's Hooper? Brody? Brody. Who's like the inf- the guy really trying to fight? For people in COVID. I mean, that's part this of what was sad about that. It was not a lot of Brodies in that sitch. No, or Quince. Any Quince? <laughs> There's a lot of people who are screaming and running on a beach. I feel like I yeah. felt like that, that was represented well in real life. Maybe uh, this whole situation is an analogous. Well, Gordley, I don't think I mentioned it to you off mic or during our Return of the Jedi commentary. But when I was watching Jaws 2 during the false alarm sequence yeah. it reminded me of a situation was a little jaws like jaws 2 like not involving sharks on july 5th of this year 2021 i was flying from newark 
the Newark airport to the air to an airport in Florida because we had just visited uh, some friends in New York and now we were going to visit some family in Florida. So we're in the Concourse C. Uh, I thought you were going to say we're on the Concord. <laughs> we're right we're on the Concord. I'm Pilate. Oh my god! Uh, so we're we're in the Sea Gate Concourse. Okay. And we look up and down. We can't. We felt like we've exhausted our shops. Yes. So Leslie goes. Uh, my wife. How about us with our daughter? Um, go down uh, the way. Turn a corner and see if there's more shops. And as we're walking along. Uh, at the end of the way, sort of between the concourse, there's a TSA gate, little checkpoint, and then on the other side of that's the lobby. A TSA agent very seriously barks at us, stop, don't move. And everybody was kind of like, I compared it in my mind, not just because we're talking Jaws and Spielberg. It was like the end of Close Encounters, you know, when like the spaceship yeah. lands and everybody kind of has their own separate areas yeah. that they're standing at that, and then all kind of freeze at once. That's what it was. It was like 30 of us kind of all collectively just stopped and froze and listened to this guy. And if some people kept like walking or more people came and joined us, um, the guy would go, what are you doing? I said, stop. Like, it was like, this is real. This isn't just like, what uh, hey, we got a celebrity coming through, uh, so just stop because we got to make room for this thing coming through. It was like real deal. And so real deal that in the back of my mind, I'm going like, what is this? Should I not be standing here in this moment? Should we not be standing here? And there's a group of maybe like five or six uh, young women, probably like in their early 20s who are behind me. And I start hearing them kind of panic. And I hear them going, why are we here? We shouldn't be standing here. Let's go. Well, then let's go. Let's go. And they start to slightly yell, run, uh, panic, run away from us. Now, as this is happening, I'm going, oh, um, I want to do that. My brain is telling me I should be like running, but... And I know, but I can't do that. I'm not going to flip yeah. out. But I know staying here feels weird. So why don't we just turn around and start walking in the direction those girls are running from? And me, Leslie, and our daughter, we start moving along. And we're walking along. And as we start hitting like the kind of first gate or two, um, we hear a mob of people fully panic behind us and so i'm thinking i guess i should have thought like oh it's a plane so maybe it's like a bomb scare i just, i thought it was a shooter so we my wife and daughter and i we peel off into a gate we hide behind one of those kiosks that the like ticket takers yeah. stand in and i watch from behind the kiosk a mass of people panicking and yelling and running through an airport which is a terrifying image. And Leslie and I are talking about, should we run where they're running? And I'm like, we had already gone down to that gate before. We knew it kind of ended in this like key shaped sort of like. Wait, they were running away from the greater part of the airport. Yeah. They were running like away from the TSA lobby area, deeper into the gate. Oh, wow. But we had gone to the end of that gate. Cause that's where our, our 
departing flight gate was, we knew, um, oh, that gate just ends in like a kind of a yeah a dead end. And so what are you going to do? Like in my mind, I'm playing it out. Like, what are we going to do if a shooter's there? We can't escape there. It's just like a slaughterhouse. So the best we can do is maybe hide off to the side. We'll see the shooter or whoever go by, right? The, he'll follow the crowd. And then after they clear out, we'll peel off, I guess. So we're waiting there and we're seeing a crowd of people come by. Somebody who they're just doing their job. And as I learned later from this, the people in like COVID, people in charge, the people who we expect to look after us, they got to do their job. Otherwise, people who aren't trained and aren't paid well are forced to like pick up their shit. And so we just have like a Delta attendant come over to us and like she's obviously been barked at by the TSA because they don't know what's going on to get people moving. So they're like, keep moving, go with the, you know, follow the group. They didn't say follow the group. They're just like, go with the, go where they're going. And Leslie goes, what's happening? And the woman goes, it's not time for questions. Just go. What? So Leslie and I have already discussed like, hey, we think going down there is bad because it's trapped. But we go down there because we're being asked to. So we go down and we go down these steps where everybody who was in the concourse is now collected. Oh, no. It's my worst nightmare. Yes, and a group of people are all now lining up to get through the exit door, and the uh, the rest of the staff who's down at the gates are flipping out, saying to people, like, not flipping out in a panicky way, like in a, hey, we're panicking, but we're not showing it. We're like, do not go through those doors. If you go through the exit doors, it'll make things way worse. I'm telling you, like, stay here. Um, and people then just stopping and then the another person getting on and saying why are you standing by the doors get away from the doors you can't be by the doors like we don't want you exiting the irony of it is because gorley they didn't know the whole reason the tsa flipped out was because somebody accidentally walked through an exit door oh. and it set off an alarm so if this group of people 40 people had like done that it would have then just like made everything crazy cuz that one person one door but that's so scary that that alarm happened and that all you need is someone to think that there could be the possibility of danger and start moving in an excited way where everybody else just takes that cue and thinks bomb shooter and it snowballs. Yeah. And I didn't like blame anybody because it was sadly, this was the takeaway for me that was like sad was just like, oh, I was pretty prepared with mentally logically like or logistically what this was and what i had to do and it almost felt like that's what people were doing too is like without projecting onto a mass of people but it just seemed like it was like oh one person's panicking because they're recognizing hey we live in america and this is like gonna happen like i did think like oh since columbine since I was like a senior in high school, this has just been probably unconsciously in the back of my mind. Like, what would I do in a situation like this? Now I'm blowing it, hyperbolizing, because it wasn't that, thank God. But it was so funny, we were texting Leslie's sister to be like, we're going to get on our flight late and we'll be late to Florida because of this thing in Newark. And she's like, oh, I'm watching it on MSNBC right now oh that there's a whole God. thing going on down at Newark. Um, the last, last thing I'll say was once we found out that it was okay... 
they still had the gate closed. So it was like my closest I've ever been to like a post-apocalypse movie. You could just walk through because it was only like the 40 of us who were still there or like a Dawn of the Dead. I just walked along the sea gates that were completely empty. And you know how like a Starbucks like place will have like a line like out from yeah. it. It was completely empty. And I just like walk up to this empty Starbucks with three people working there. And I'm like, uh, I'll have two lattes. And they're like, okay. And three people work on a latte together. And hit. I felt like, oh, uh, okay. well, Will Smith over here. And uh, I am legend. Oh, yeah. Will, you know what I'm talking about. He does. Anyway, sorry to. Uh, no, but- that is. I am so glad everything's okay. I have a question, though. When they told you everything was okay, did you at all have this in your back of your mind of like, is it not okay and they just want us to calm down? Like Certainly. Yeah. There was a, a lot of, um, we are living in 2021. People can pick the facts they want to believe in this moment. Because right. Twitter was, some people were saying it's an active shooter. Oh, my God. And some See, people were saying horrifying. it was a true bomb scare. And some people were saying, why are you putting out misinformation that hasn't been confirmed yet? Well, yet? What does that mean? Yeah. Like, so many weird things like that. And then, well, how long did you have from the first scare to when it was cleared? So, like, well, you had enough time to check Twitter and everything. Well, the way it was cleared was them going, never saying like a person walked through the door and they shouldn't have. That we never got that confirmation. It was just like we have brought the. It was so weird. The details they were giving was making it worse. Where it was like over the thing where it was like, um, the dogs have cleared everything so we can now resume the gates have been reopened. I was like, why did you need gate dogs to, what were they sniffing? I don't know if there's just like not protocol words for dumbass open the door. They shouldn't have the, uh, military coup has been neutralized (laughs) and Oh my God. Yeah. But so funny that it was like, like a Jaws movie that was like July 5th. It was on the East Coast. It was like Newark. Uh, so it had like a coastal town kind of vibe. And then just this the sort people of... people running out of the ocean. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, that's what it felt like. It was like the... Uh, being on the beach and like, am I going to get trampled oh by the people God, running out of the water? Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I'm yeah. glad everything's okay. That was... Yes. I was stressed just listening to that. And it's more... This is horrible... Because I know the odds of a, a shooter or a bomb are still so low, I'm more scared of mob mentality than I am of those occurrences. Now, if an actual shooting yeah. is happening, obviously I'd be more scared of that. But I'm more scared of the reaction of people in miscommunication and the the panic instinct than anything else. That's what Leslie and I talked about because we had a couple others just like obviously not to this degree, but just instances where we're like – Oh, when a group of people can't be communicated yeah. too well, and this is all probably yeah, like post COVID, like and a save yourself mentality. Yeah, yeah, things get really out of hand. Yeah, and uh, sometimes people just need to be uh, <laughs> given the information so I they know. can feel better. I know. Um, and so the fact that we didn't ever get a full explanation when the, when we were waiting in the gate to get on the plane, I I was eavesdropping on this older couple that was there, and they were talking about it with somebody who was like. This guy was like, well, some people say it was like somebody walked through a door. Other people are saying it was a, a bomb scare or that it wasn't. So it's basically, you know, 
Choose what you want to believe. Jesus and I was like, Christ. you, oh, you're, Jesus okay, at least you're putting words Christ. to what this time period has been. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, wow. So, Murray, yeah, uh, Hamilton, if he was there, I think he would have been like, uh, hey, uh, let's open some more shops in Concourse C. Yeah, it's okay if we've got a shooter. We can. <laughs> has he paid for his ticket? Um, so the, uh, just a last couple of general thoughts before we really tiptoe yeah. beyond the wake of the water and past our knees. <laughs> um, I, the stuff I loved overall about the movie, I will say love. Yeah. The choice of showing jaws more up front and not doing the slow reveal, I think like really makes this movie fun. And, but I really miss sort of like just the gentle sort of like humor and kind of like funny behavior character. Yeah. This like had zero. No, it had no warmth or humor. Or if it did, it was um, two things I noticed were seemed like to me deliberate recreations of good moments from Jaws. So Brody on the beach with his son. Oh God. With that dumb like – Help me pick up the bullet shells, yeah, son. That was obviously them at the at the table with their hands. Yeah, and the burned corpse felt like just a retread of finding that dead Ben guy's Tramer. Head. Head. Ben Tramer, yeah. Ben Tramer, yeah. Ben Tramer. It's ben definitely Tramer's Ben Tramer. Head. That poor guy. He dies in every franchise. Oh yeah, that like, and it's so that moment with the charred body is so particularly bad because it's like. He just randomly drives out to the ocean, randomly sees a piece of board, like, and randomly yeah. picks up that board with a body attached to it. Like, all of the the, the Ben Gardner yeah. stuff that was good in the first one was good because it all made sense. Like, they're going to check out his boat. He could still be in there. Like, there's all those yeah reasons for it. Yeah. That one was just, like, felt a little tacked on. Yeah. The other moment of like poignancy or warmth that I thought you were going to reference that is so bad is just like when the kids are all getting too Lord of the flies with each other on the rafts, they're like, shut up, let's do this. Let's oh, do yeah. that. And then that girl is just like, can't we ultimately have peace? <laughs> like this hippie girl. And then they all get quiet, like are in this like tableau to get like, what the fuck was that? No, I know. <laughs> well, should we jump into yeah. the beat by beat? Yes. Do you have any logo loco? Other, it's the same one as Jaws, right? Yeah, and same yeah. sort of a uh, uh, radar. Those yeah, yeah, sounds. Yeah. Um. So yeah, those seem to be the same. And then yeah, it opens up with a, a underwater shot again. Yeah. But what I thought was like good sequel, like hey, same but different. Was this one starts in the water, underwater, but then it goes into a sequence. Underwater. The other one just starts underwater, and then they oh, go to the yeah, kids on the beach. Land. Oh, did this you had those notice two divers. that a lot of people have written to us and says that if you stick around long enough at the end of Jaws, <sighs> you do see Brody and Hooper walk. I up. wanted to respond to this. Yes, uh, I, I. Oh, I'm such a fool. Yes, these are the days before Marvel stingers. How are we to know? I could have just stuck around a little longer. I swore I watched the credits turn. Well, I know, I know, I waited to see the credits turn to black. 
And I guess I just didn't see them. So then, yeah, I still haven't seen. Uh, them. I'm just talking and, about spreading misinformation. Look at me. <laughs> so you don't see them at the end of the speech. No, I wanted to respond to that too. That like I messed up with that. And there was one other thing that. Um, oh, we might not necessarily misinterpret it, but is worth just talking about the um, that when Brody looks down at his scar, some people think it's, a, it's an appendix scar. I I don't see it that way. Maybe it really is on Scheider. But yeah. I feel like, well, I guess it could be. So he's. Well, I, what, but see, what I thought was interesting that both readings are valid, I felt. Yeah. yeah but know. I think that doesn't work both intentionally and unintentionally because Hooper's the one that has no scars. And so for Brody to have an appendix scar puts him more in Hooper's category. No, Hooper has some scars. He does? Oh, yeah. He's got the one on his um, ankle. From a shark? From like a stingray or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So but that does make I, no, more I see what you're saying. That no, like, now that does make more sense. So he's the also the land lover and he's probably feeling inadequate. Yeah, but I, I liked our reading more. <laughs> that that Because it does seem they build up the city as such a big threatening thing. And that they had to get out of the city and go to where it was peaceful. So I just like in my mind, like the backstory that Brody like... They're not talking about it, but he got shot. And so the family's like, can we just take it easy? And so then yeah. the irony that he's like, oh, I'm looking at this scar and these guys got scars from sharks. What am I doing on a boat right now? Yeah. I'm a knucklehead. Oh, <laughs> I doubt that's in the novel, but it would be interesting. I hope in the novel they have him, like Brody thought to himself, I'm a knucklehead. <laughs> That'd be just good writing. I'm a knucklehead because I had an appendectomy and they didn't even take my appendix. I didn't even have an appendicitis. <laughs> They Can just, you believe it? Oh, 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 this is the first real note I have, and I barely remember it. It's just a quote from the movie teasing him, dancing, dancing around in a towel. Who that's the um, yes, like that older man with the like bulbous gin blossom nose talking about uh, uh he's the the towny complaints, to, yes, the to Brody, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, that that his son can see the window of a like lady changing. Teasing him, dancing, dancing around in a towel. That's our jaws too. Uh, oh, what? Yeah, yeah. That's good. I wish he would have just bookended that statement with a what? A uh, what? Looking at her, dancing on the table. <laughs> um, the um. So oh 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 uh, uh the um. The two divers that are going down to that yeah. boat to take pictures. Um, I'd like to think that them going back to the original boat and uh, even though they shouldn't and then getting attacked for it is like a metaphor for making a sequel. Yes, it is. But it also <laughs> makes sense that Mrs. Jaws is like, I've got to find my husband. First stop is I've got to see the scene of the crime, the orca. Oh. It's his bite marks. She's just hanging around there. Like maybe if those two went, nothing would have ever happened because she's just like mourning her husband. Then these two humans show up and she's like, you did this. Chomps yes. him up, gets a taste for blood. Or or like, yeah, like uh, you, you think my husband's death is tourism? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I like also, yeah, if you were just watching her story, you would like, the movie would start with her like, I guess I have to visit the Orca. Yeah. And then go in there and Somber be solemn. Music, yeah. And then flash, flash. There's pictures like, what's this shit? The other thing to ask is if when Lady Jaws was chomping on the power cable at the end, is she then sending out 
signals to who will find out is either her son or daughter or sister or whatever I, for Jaws 3. I think so. And I think the, the cable is being used for like Morse code. It must be. Because now sharks also have this thing called the ampullae of Lorenzini. Have you ever what? heard of this? The only reason I know this is because I took an anatomy class in college and there are certain things in the human body and in like the animal kingdom that have these and anatomical names that are named after the people that discover them. And they're so weird. So sharks have like electrical sensors and they can sense electricity. It's often how they do their navigation oh. and they can, they know for miles where things are and apparently know where other sharks are. Damn. So they don't go into this into the movie though. They might mention this. I can't remember, but like that shark would have some awareness probably of that electrical cable, but ampullae oh. of Lorenzini. And there's these things in the human body called, I only remember them because they're so crazy. The Isles of Langerhans. Uh, there's, oh, and then you have two types of bile, Billy Rubin and Billy Verda. Oh my gosh. And it reminds me of Billy Verda and the beaters, yes. which we've talked about in here, but they're like red bile and green bile, I think. But, I love this too because my mother-in-law talks about when I think Amanda was born that she had Billy Rubin and like an excessive bile, which like is jaundice. I had jaundice too ah. as a kid. It's just a common thing. Yeah. But she calls it belly Rubin. And I always say, do you mean Billy Rubin? And she goes, no, I don't. And she's very serious. Like, uh, like no, it's belly Rubin. I feel like after I get out of the deli, it's belly Rubin for me. <laughs> but Well, my ampullae of Lorenzini. So yes. whoever this Lorenzini guy is discovered this thing. And so is he like, named it after himself. I believe so. The, oh, the hubris. I know. Like, just name it something that will make kids be able to memorize the word better for. Yeah. But maybe, hey, lo and behold, you remember the name. I maybe because it is so goddamn bizarre. Isles of Langerhands. That's, that's something in a human body I forget what. See, I don't remember what the thing is. That sounds like a tropical steakhouse. Oh, the islands yes. of Langerhans. There's also something called the Sphincter of Odai. What? These are real. Yeah. Why would Odai want the Sphincter to be named after him? <laughs> I don't know, but I remember studying for a test and creating a story where Billy Rubin and Billy Verda, Verdon sailed around the Isles of Langerhans to fight the Sphincter of Odai. <laughs> That sounds like a um, uh, 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 Rutger Howard. Like I saw them blast starships on the sphincter of Ojai. Ojai, <laughs> the Sphinx of Ojai. What herb smells of lavender? And Billy Rubin stars with Billy Verdon in the sphincter of Odai. The Isles of Langerhans pose a hidden secret. Only Bi William Verda and <laughs> William Rubin. I don't know where I'm at. Ooh, now I'm thinking Belly Rubin. I got to admit. Uh, uh, oh, I like when they take the photo with the orca that the guy does the muscle man pose. That's pretty, that's, <laughs> as far as like poses go for photos, that's a pretty funny one. Um, the... Um, not to be a little stinker, but do cameras take photos as they drop? No, they sure don't. And uh, and they don't take multiple photos at exactly the right time. But i that's funny because I watched this anime called Area 88 about these mercenary jet 
pilots Ooh. that I had as a bootleg when I was a kid, but it was all in Japanese. So I never knew the story. Wow. Now it's on Peacock. I watched it and it's in English oh, and I finally so cool. know the story, but there's a scene just like this where a plane crashes and a camera falls on the rocks and it just starts taking pictures so that people can find out later what happened. It's pretty desperate that, uh, <laughs> that, that, I mean, I like it later when it shows up in the dark. Room. I know. Yeah. Um, that's pretty good. I mean, I feel like with that, and the great Muppet Caper, those are like the two great dark oh, room yeah, photo yeah. lab scenes. Yeah. There should be more. Every movie should have a dark room I photo know, lab scene. Especially before digital photography. How is that not used all the time? It I should be used all the more. time because it is a dramatic. You yeah. get a true, like, slow burn, like, reveal. Yeah. There must be some more of those. Yeah. Right. Let now, us know your yeah. favorite. If you're a Patreon subscriber, especially. <laughs> I had a. Um, we had like a dark room photo lab for my photography class in high school and the chemicals, oh boy, they stunk. And if you spilled any on your shirt, you got big orange marks. So like oh. some of my favorite high school shirts uh, got ruined because they got little orange stains, which is weird because I rarely spill things, Morley, as you know, <laughs> just two hours ago when I spilled coffee all over your kitchen. It would be great if you spilled it on your sh your like shirt and then your shirt started to develop the clue to some mystery of a picture. Like, there's Wait just... a minute, it's the key. It's the key that gets us into the hotel room. This version of Parasail in this film feels like the very first version of a Parasail and it seems really dangerous. Yeah, that parasol is bonkers because it's like hooked up to a boat, like a like a mast boat. of a boat with yeah. one one line. Yeah, and okay, I'm just gonna say it now. I think this director has something for fannies. Yeah, I think so. The fanny centricness of the harness scene, the wind yeah. wind sail thing. When the woman on the boat who gets blown up with the gasoline, she's like... You mean the woman that looks like she's purposefully pouring gasoline on herself? <laughs> no, I thought you were also going to say who purposely looks like Ellen Brody. I know that too. She's wearing like the same outfit as her yeah. with the blue bandana from the first Jaws. Yeah. Uh, uh, so she's bent over like at one point when Jaws is coming at her butt. And then in the montage of uh, Here Come the Beachgoers... It ends on just like a three, a shot of like three different butts all next to each other. Oh, that's right. With all walking. Yeah. He really does have an, he's an ass man. This guy, this, this director, director is, is an, an ass, ass man. man. He's a Parisian ass man. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Monsieur de Derriere. <laughs> Mon. Mon. Mon Derriere. Uh, um, I, I get, I think it's a smart move because I do think like, Jaws is kind of based on like the parts of your body that you're vulnerable that you yeah. can't always have an eye on. And so like adding that with all the underwater stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. you're going to get bit in the ass. That makes sense. And the, the parasail dipping in and out is like like fly fishing for Jaws. <sighs> I, I mean, that concept and the suspense of that is pretty great. I'd say every single, whether they're executed well or perfectly is debatable. Every single set piece in this movie is awesome. Yeah, The like... The parasol going down, the scuba diving team, yeah. the water skier, like Oh, well, the, the bends thing. That's another thing I always thought was from Jaws and not the Jaws what? too. The scuba diving team and the guy who gets the bends. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought that too. And oh, it feels like it should be from the first one because it's like kind of Spielberg-y that it's like a team of yeah. scuba diving, like a class of kids, like yeah. all scuba diving together and stuff. And um, but uh 
Yeah, I really liked that. And I also liked, I felt like Jaws 2 with the wind sailing scene, um, uh, specifically the parasailing, the, um, they were really emphasizing in Jaws 2 the idea that like, um, uh, sounds bring and noises bring the sharks to the yard. <laughs> like, uh, like yeah. th- what you were saying about yeah. the fly fishing thing, like him coming down and being loud. And then there's also a part where it seems like almost like shark Jaws's attention is like taken away because he hears another loud noise from, yes. yeah. yeah. It's almost like, um, T-Rexy. Now yeah. with that first, the, the death on the harnet, the, the parasailing thing, um, the did, music, but did he die? No, 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 no. no. I, I was saying like then I think the water skier. Oh yeah, all the music in that John Williams. I would say check out Jaws too, just for John Williams score. There are alone. some moments that felt like Indiana Jones music, like yes. like romp caper periods of Indiana Jones, yeah. like when the kids are all sailing and it's kind of like that. Yeah, I love the score with the scuba diving team when they go down that class because that sounded me sort of like um if John Williams had scored a poltergeist or something, it's kind of like this like yeah. scary, sinister, oh, yeah. like slut, but slightly adventurous yeah. or innocent music. That was like really great. But the, the thing I will say though, is like all the music in this is like so over like torqued. Where it it's just really like, the first one, it kind of has a gentle, like and built up. This is like, the music is at 11 from the beginning. And yeah, <laughs> like, there's is. no, uh, uh, you wonder how much of that is Simmering. Williams or Jeanneau shark saying, you know, pump it up, Willie. I think it was him. Like John Williams did a, probably recorded a bunch of stuff. And then he plucked out just like some late seventies coked up. Like, why wouldn't the action just start right now? Like yeah. the, the score is just so intense. I did read that Williams had to begin composing before the movie was finished. Oh, really? Yeah. He had to start like just before he saw the movie. Well, it's, it was so behind. it's the same year as Superman. Yeah. So he has the big Superman score that wow. year. But I was thinking when I saw his name popped up in Jaws 2 on the, the very opening credits, I was like, I didn't oh, I guess that. he did do it because... I was thinking of Superman 2. He gets some partial credit because they're using his themes, yeah. but it's an entirely new composer. And boy, you can tell. Yes. Yeah. And it makes Jaws 2 me so great. It makes me so grateful because you get a great John Williams score. It's kind of like <laughs> it's the opposite of what happened with Superman 2. I know. I, I feel like there's a lesson learned that those Salkines are so notoriously cheap and kind of like not appreciative of what yeah. they have that they'll take any budget cut over keeping quality. Well, and John Williams also says it's because of um, uh, that Richard Lester was like a huge prick. Was and John prick? Williams was oh, like, I can't yeah, work with right. Richard Lester. He's like too much of a dick. Whoa, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, you may have even said that on this podcast and I still didn't realize No, I that. don't think, no, I don't think I have. But I, the the fact that like um, John Williams is like. Yeah, that's. This is like, this guy's too much. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows who he's worked with? I just imagine John Williams has encountered a and lot I, of dicks. Uh, uh, Richard Lester is such a dick and I've worked with Uwe Boll. <laughs> uh, now, I know we're Superman 1978 fans here. Yeah. Um, Superman 2, you mean? And Superman 2. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, um, the first, the first Superman. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, well, yeah. We're fans of the Richard Donner, uh, RIP, uh, yeah. uh, Superman. Yeah. Um, 
Now, I know I already kind of indulged in the Newark story, so I'll be very quick with this detail. Please, okay? Take, okay. Your, take your time. I don't think anybody's going anywhere. Okay, okay. And other than maybe another pee break soon, but... Oh, I feel it already. Do it's you? What little, is going on? It's in my on? tube right now. What I feel it. Going? And I was like, why am I already having to pee? What is going on? Is it we like did, when you're in a pool? What do you mean what is going on? We have two giant glasses, <laughs> two giant glasses of water and, and coffee in front of us. Yeah, they're both... I'm not being pessimist. Half empty. Mine are all drunk. Yeah. So I'm uh, really, uh, yeah. And it's also maybe like, you know, if you're in an ocean or a warm pool, you just kind of yeah. want to keep peeing. That's you don't want to have to think about That's bathroom true. breaks. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I have found a perfect music. Oh, movie I love it. Oh, give it. Sync up. What? Okay. Superman? For Superman 1978. Wow, what is this? Not that I have to say the year because it's Superman. Wait, wait Superman, before we even but... begin, it's time for another. Paul's sync up. Sync up. Yeah. Yeah. Syncope. Syncope. Okay. It's, uh, uh, you start it at the very beginning. Superman in dark. Zero zero. The first thing you'll see, you'll start this album. I'll tell you a moment. That you'll start the album and the movie. I used HBO Max right away. The first thing you'll see is the old timey Warner Brothers logo, the circle with the like little lines through it. Oh, the Saul Bass one. Yeah, yeah. As it comes from the back to to the front. Okay. So if you start the movie in black and the album at the same time and that's the first thing you see you're on okay you've done it yeah enjoy it is the movie works perfectly with this run of three albums and i'm not gonna say i speculate they know i'm telling you radiohead told me this okay they told me to do this (laughs) and they confirmed that they made this (laughs) kid a Amnesiac and Hail to the Thief, their early Audis string of three albums, syncs perfectly with Superman wait, the wait, Motion so Picture. So, what's the first song on Kid A? Uh, everything in the uh, Everything in its right place. How's that go? Uh, everything in its right place. And what are we first seeing in Superman? Uh, the dawning of Krypton. Uh, you're seeing. Um, 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 Ooh. Oh, the credits fly out. Yeah, but also remember it has that kind of crazy opening with the um it starts like it's an old timey movie in a square <gasps> box and like that's a comic right. book's being opened. Oh yeah. So that's all working with it. And then the deep breath singing out actually are perfectly timed with the opening and stretching of all the fonts. So like the fonts, you know, the big credit 3D kind of Superman fonts that yeah. are like those exist as taking in a breath, singing out a note, and holding it as long as the words go. It's per- so oh good. My God. Now, and Kid A, who's Kid A? Obviously, it's Superman. Okay. Yeah, it's a little yeah. kid being born on that planet. Okay. Whoa. Now, this is the very important part. There's a little bit at the end of Kid A that's like uh, in the CD days, it was maybe quiet for a bit. And then they do that little extra bit that kind of runs out the album, you know, and bands like would do that. Like a bonus track. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now on Spotify or whatever, most ways you're listening to this, the last track, uh, um, a motion picture soundtrack is the name of the track. It just goes into the little end bit, like that's at the end of the CD. Um, 
it's very important you play that little 53 second track at the end. Okay. I tried it once where I didn't. And I thought the whole thing was ruined, Gorley. I was like, radio didn't plan this. They led me astray. They lied to me. But if you let that little uh, extra bonus track, Untitled, run to the end, and right when that's over, you pause the movie, okay? And then you get Amnesiac. Could you theoretically make a Spotify playlist of these three hours? Without a doubt, Gorley. And people should do that. That's way better. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Okay. Oh, my God. That's so good. (laughs) Do that. Do that. I may need to try one of these at some point. Gorley, please do. Amnesiac, then um, I'm not going to spoil it, but where that first one ends and the second album begins is just like... Magic? Yes. Okay. If you do the untitled bonus track, make sure you do that. Yeah. Because then everything's off and flying. (laughs) Uh, You know, Superman flies. Uh, So, um, but the... When that's over, when Amnesiac, the last track, uh, yeah, either do the playlist or when Amnesiac's, just pause it, flip over, start the movie again right on the beginning of Hail to the Thief, their third album, or that third of those, that Wait, run of is albums. Hail to the Thief. Oh, there's the robbery. Uh, that's just the no, album. That's, um, oh, the Superman 3 has the. That's or, right. Yeah. But Superman 2's open, or, or the end of Hail to the Thief starts with, um, or, or yeah, starts after the um, Superman Lois Lane flying through the air. So maybe the last oh. track of this of Amnesia times perfectly with that flight. I'm okay. not going to say, wow. but maybe. And it's but, just Radiohead's cover of, can you read my mind? <laughs> yeah, you were. You probably heard that before on that Radiohead album. I was like, why would <laughs> they that? Should. that How great sense. would a cover? Oh, boy. Well, they did a cover of uh, Nobody Does It Better. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard um, that. Uh, so, yeah. If somebody does that and they like just show a couple of clips to me, I'd be so happy. Yeah, I think you're going to get but that. But if, if you just do it on uh, in life and enjoy it, I think people have a good time. Try it out. Get on that. That sounds yeah. great. And it, it props to Radiohead that they would, you know, that movie came out in 1978. They wait until the early 2000s. And to, then to not really like publicize it. Yeah. I know you found out through a friend of a friend of Radiohead's. That this, that they that this was the whole reason they did those mm-hmm. that they're not even trying to take credit for it. And I thought, to be fair, the reason I'm finally telling it now is because I thought after Richard Donner died and Ned Beatty died, they would go, yeah. "Let's honor these two men's involvement with Superman by finally revealing what we did." And they didn't. They didn't. Well, that's cool too. It's it was time it came out. Yeah, yeah. All but right. it takes heroes like me to do it. it now, does. should we pee again? Yeah, we should. Okay. Oz too. We'll be right back. <laughs> with Gorley and Rast. With Gorley and Rast. That's probably a bit more like Oz 8 now. I know. What is that? I mean, I know what 1 and 2 are, but boy, we're getting into like probably, well... Billy oh. Rubin and Vought. <laughs> now, uh, I think we we talked about the so then he goes to they go to the hotel. Murray Hamilton is back. I like to think that he his character actually died at the end of the first Jaws. In my imagination, I like that story. Like you know when Brody sees him in the hospital, he's like sm- 
smoking cigarettes. He's like, no, I said, he's like losing his mind. Yeah. In my fan fiction idea, I kind of like that the mayor just like died like five months later. Cause he like, like he went crazy and yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, or just like died of like shame. He doesn't show up in three or four, does he? I don't think so. Hmm. And I will say like with sequels, like the thing you were saying about the, if the town closed and was all closed up, I like that because I do feel like I wish there was some things in this movie. Like it makes sense that a few years later, maybe a town wouldn't want to be talking about the scary thing. Yeah, for that sure. That happened. I actually kind of like that. Like you could be watching the first 25 minutes or so and like nobody's like saying it's a shark, even though everybody in the audience is like, well, we're here for a Jaws sequel. We yeah. know what's going on. So that like has some suspense, but like, I wish that the mayor was like when Brody told him would have been, wouldn't have just repeated the thing he did in Jaws one. Like I wish it would have yeah. been either a character where he was like, so tormented by that. He can't even accept it or something or, him and Brody go, yeah, this is a, we can't have another thing like this. And then they have to, there's another mayor or whatever yeah, movie bullshit like I that know. they have to like, just the scene of him going back and him going, nope. And Brody going, well, okay. Just as like, why aren't, this is not a sequel. I know. And that's why I'm bummed that they cut that reveal that he voted for, because I actually think in the scene with the two of them, you do start to see the mayor soften a little bit or he's less sure of himself. Yeah. And you could tell he's kind of heading that way or yeah. something. The other thing that I wish like just kind of sequel wise, I do wish like Brody, I know that you have to be likable and most people probably wouldn't like a character doing this, but like instead of Brody just automatically being like, I think it's a shark and I'm going to, if there would have been like, some sort of pride or ego on his end that he's like, uh, no, I killed the shark. I I was there. We killed the shark. Like, and even though there could conceivably be a different shark, the idea that another shark would come along is just like runs counter to how he sees it. Like, it was just such a boring sequel move that like the same guy just goes, okay, another shark. Yeah, All right, got to tell I mean, it was interesting the like false panic, him firing the gun freak out thing. I was like, oh, this is like a different color to this character, but everything else was sort of like the same movie, yeah. just redone. Yeah, definitely. Which, that's one way to do a sequel, I guess. That's <laughs> a common way to do a sequel, unfortunately. <laughs> um, um, and then we meet the teens. Meet the teens. Yeah, we sure do. And boy, what a I do love any scene where you're just meeting a bevy of characters and they yeah. each get a line to firmly establish their characters. <laughs> you got a couple of nerds there. Yeah. You got the mayor's sort of cocky entitled son. Keith Gordon, one of the nerds. Oh boy. I love a Keith Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. This character can be a little obnoxious in this movie, but I think he's like a real deal. Yeah. Like, they end that whole sequence, meeting the teen sequence on a moment with him where his book gets wet and he like kind of flops it up. And I'm like, yeah. well, they ended it because he's like the best actor here. And yeah. he's like, you want to watch him? Yeah. And uh, then we've got the one boy with the very unfortunate line about the new cousin and the sparrow. Yes. The, he compares her breast to the breasts of a sparrow, I believe. Which I read that he has been on record saying that she was – he. He apologized after he improvised that. Apparently, she was very cool about it, but he, to this day, really regrets having said that. 
Yeah. I mean, it definitely, to hear that he improvised it is like, makes sense. Cause I was like, kind of stands out as like too dirty of a line that somebody would script that and put it on a page and make a it does. Say and it. what's amazing is if it is improvised that even the other guy in character has the wherewithal to go like what are you talking <laughs> yeah. about well i love his buddy yeah i like that guy because after he gets rejected later by the girl who decides to go to the other boat and he has like a genuine like you don't see these moments in movies but they happen i think all the time where a guy gently went to him do you want to talk about it? I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, he's very sweet. Um, yeah, and then um, uh, Addy. Addy is the um, uh, 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 Shelly. Is his name's Addy? I think his name is What Addie. my note for that was, there's always a Shelly. <laughs> Especially around a beach. I <laughs> Uh, the um then yeah we were talking about brody dealing with the everyday townie complaints yeah um now them not talking about jaws and stuff do you think that's an example of sort of like mass repression or is it like uh hey jaws is just out of mind we blew up that guy well there does feel like a little bit of these people coming to him with petty complaints are like we're coming to the guy who can get shit done because this is the guy that killed Jaws. Jaws, Jaws is uh, the wife, the the surviving widow, Jaws's original husband. Yes, Jaws. yes. They said that. <laughs> Do you think Mrs. Jaws inherited any of Jaws's estate? Oh my gosh! Just imagine the how little much... school, the little what do they call them? Pilot fish that fly alongside <laughs> sharks. Well, I was going to say. I mean, Jaws was a massively like popular popular book. Movie, a series of oh, movies. Oh, she gets all I hope she saw some of that. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> hmm. Maybe she finally, like she didn't get to inheriting that, but got all rights going forward. So like when they did that Jaws video game not too long ago, that was just really, she's like, I'm out of money. And that's why it makes sense why she like went on all those talk shows, like pushing that's right. the Jaws. And why you play Jaws game. in the video game. Jaws is kind of the hero. Like it's rewriting, you know. Jaws isn't evil; he's just fucking hungry. Well, what you were saying before uh, at the very, very top that Jaws is kind of like a xenomorph, and that it's not somebody who's evil; he's just like following his instincts. It's funny that Loomis makes the suggestion that Michael is evil when I think you could do a reading of just like he's his instinct is to. Is like Jaws or Xenomorphs yeah. is to destroy. Animalistic kind of. Yeah. Like he doesn't. Because he's act. like, he has without conscience in his eye. Yeah. Like it's like, well then just say that he's not making a choice. Evil seems like, I don't know how you define evil, but evil almost seems like I know the difference between good and evil and I'm choosing evil because yeah. that benefits me most. Yeah. Because Michael Myers doesn't have a formative experience. I know he's responding to the thing with his sister for some reason, but it's not like Jason and Pamela where he saw his mother killed and he's going for revenge. Right. Nothing really happened to Michael. If anything, he wasn't, he's bursting in on people's privacy. He wasn't, they weren't parading that sex in front of Michael Myers. Right. Yeah. All they, I mean, maybe she was supposed to be watching him. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I guess I can only assume uh, before the beginning of that first Halloween, Michael's a real messed up kid. <laughs> what happens if you switch Brody and Loomis? 
Whoa, that is a great How question. How cool actually would Halloween be? I mean, that's kind of like what Sheriff Brackett is, but let's say you take Sheriff Brackett out of it yeah. and you've just got Chief Brody helping out Lori in Halloween and Dr. Loomis on the boat. Oh my God, with Quint. <laughs> Quint would be not up for any of Loomis's like scaredy cat shit. No. Yeah. Ugh. That would be really good. I th- I just imagine uh uh Loomis like accidentally misfiring like a harpoon gun and then yeah. falling overboard. <laughs> and blaming it on Michael though. Yeah. You know, he clouds my vision. <laughs> Oh, would this would our Return of the Jedi be uh, upcoming or uh, it'll be upcoming? I believe. Okay, well, if very people want to check it out. Fourth Friday of every month is there's a, a couple lines. It'll be Tuesday from a certain beloved character of Gorley's, where Gorley's does a couple of a character's lines oh, in the movie right. in the voice with the lips moving with the words. That's pretty delightful. I've thought about it a few times since then, <laughs> and it really cracked up. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, that's a nice tease. Um, oh, oh. Um, so then, yeah, the. Uh, Deputy comes along. He says he found the the, the camera with a hundred thousand dollar boat. It's weird that nobody's families of those two Richie boaters who were taking the pictures and had the expensive boat are like wanting answers. Yeah, well, yeah. Where are they? Yeah, did they just? Uh, maybe they're kind of like Howard Hughes types. They have no family. Really, could be like, empty nesters. Never had any kids. Yep. Hmm. Um. The uh. uh yeah, I love the suspense of the butt coming down into the water and coming back up and crashing back down. I thought butt that was like suspense, yeah. Yeah, the rhythm is of that was really good. And then um uh I just like how in this movie just any shot underwater automatically makes you think Jaws is there or it's from yes. Jaws's point of view. And I'm like that is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh and just that the threat level is automatically there, even if you don't see him. You just see a camera underwater, like looking yeah. up at somebody's foot. You're like, oh my God, Jaws is a foot. Yeah. <laughs> we'll eat that a foot. Um, then the uh, water, uh, water skiing sequence, which is used in the posters. I mean, I'd say that's probably the big set piece. For right. This movie. And then. If I, my memory serves me, there's a big water skiing show in the third one, right? Because it takes yes. place at like a marine world sort of thing. Yeah, and I've with, seen part three more recently, more than Jaws 2 by far. I saw Jaws 2 most recently, but I fell asleep, not because it wasn't good. Uh-huh. It was the first outdoor movie we did in our backyard, and I was just super tired. But I've seen Jaws 3 maybe in the past 10 years. I yeah. don't remember a ton. Uh, yeah, I think it sucks. <laughs> um, I remember it sucking. I'm, in, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And- do you think that like that was obviously response to, and I don't even wonder if the orca in this movie is because sea world, Marine world, Marine land, they were all so big at this time. When I was a kid oh, in the late seventies, yeah. early eighties, sea world and Marine land and sea world was in San Diego. Marine land was in Palos Verdes here. Yeah. They were huge. Oh yeah. And I, um, when you see, um, um, just the whale in this Jaws 2 pop-up that's been eaten up by a shark. It's like, Shamu! I know. Oh, leave Shamu alone, It brings to mind a couple things. First of all, a shark is just called a shark in these movies. But it's the great white shark is a killer shark. 
orcas are known as killer whales. It seems kind of unfair because they're just whales, uh-huh. but like unlike other whales who just eat like plankton, killer whales eat like seals and things like that. So we've already imbued them because they eat cute things. They're killers. And they have they're the word just, killer. Yeah. They're not just hungry. They're just, they're not evil, but it's funny how you the give The whale them, is evil. Yeah. It's yeah. not evil. Yeah. Nor are sharks, but You're there right. is this thing of like- they mean you harm and they don't. I, similarly, I've thought before, like when an animal is a cold blooded animal and that person goes, he's a cold blooded killer. Yeah. So I'm like, how do the cold bloods feel about this? <laughs> Why is this automatically seen as the bad thing? Now I know it's like a euphemism for like their blood is so cold they can kill yeah. me. But like uh, some, some animals terminology gets used against people <laughs> in weird ways. But it also reminded me that a lot of people have reached out and said, Maybe one thing missing on our list this season, even though it's not a shark movie, is the movie Orca, which apparently is pretty decent, and I've never seen it. Huh, that would have been it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's another Benchley? Is it? Yeah. I yeah. think it's another Benchley and maybe the producers, Brown and... Um, oh. What's his... Uh, wow. um, they're, they're... Who's in that? Uh... Well, I tried to rent Orca once, and I accidentally bought Okra, <laughs> and I had to eat it the goddamn even fit thing. Fit it in my VCR. Uh, <laughs> yeah, then my VCR uh, Orca took a shit. <laughs> 1977. There's also a 2021. Um, okay, it's a Dino De Laurentiis uh, with Richard Harris, Charlotte Rampling. And Will Sampson, oh my god! Holy gosh. shit! I mean, sign me up. Should we add another? Yeah, one? let's add it. We're gonna add another one. Hey, all right. Okay, that's good. Now, when do we watch? Should we watch it after? Um, uh, before the 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 viewer trusty voted one. Trusted voted. Maybe one? at the very end because it's not a shark one. That's good. Right, right. We're expanding. Just like a shark expands his water where he kills, we'll expand the water into yes. other species. Also, this is Bo Derek, and Keenan Wynn, Robert Carradine. Oh my God. And Yaka and Nepo as the orca. Well, of course. <laughs> you can't have a <laughs> orca movie without those two clowns. The mini orcas used for filming were trained animals from Marine Land of the Pacific. That's where I used to go. And there's and also from Marine World Africa, which was a merger of two parks, which I think I might have mentioned before because I just watched a cowboy stunt show that used to be at Marine World Africa. What? <laughs> yes. With our boy? No, he's not in it, but there's the same one of the same jokes that I've never not seen in a cowboy stunt show. Which is uh, it's when one cowboy grabs an axe handle, doesn't have an axe. There's always these clubs that are those like, you know, rough ash axe handles. Yes. And the other one does, and they start hitting each other with it, and then one catches it on his like a cross and they do a thing where one's pushing it down on the other and they're going back and forth. This is very bugs bunny and they're going like, ooh, ooh. Ooh, and then the guy who's the aggressor backs off and takes a break and the other guy doesn't realize it and he's holding the two of them and he's still going, mm, 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 and the other guy will like, like, you know, like breathe on his nails and then file them on his chest. You know, <laughs> you just drool. I tried to clip it. 
<laughs> it's in the Bob Rochelle video that I've posted on Patreon. That that joke is in there. They used to do it at Knotts, and then they did it at this Marine World Africa <gasps> one that I've watched. Oh my god! Oh, and one of the guys who created um, the Marine World Africa stunt show uh, was a Jason. Tom, uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh hold Bergeron? On. <laughs> That's it. I think he was a Jason. I fully drooled hearing the like person huffing on their fingernails and polishing on their side while the other guy <laughs> continues to do the thing. <laughs> they have, they also had a water, uh, a water ski stunt show. Ted White, is that his name? <laughs> Ted Knight. <laughs> Um, hold on, hold on. Where would I find this? What's his name? Um, Tom. If you do Jason. Morga, Tom Morga. Tom Morgan, okay. Yeah, Morga. Morga. But that also made me realize that our friend Derek Mears, who played Jason in the yes. reboot, was in the Wild West stunt show at Universal after it was rebooted first as the the Riot Act, then the LA Riots happened, and they quickly uh, had to change the name to uh, the Wild 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 West stunt show as opposed to the Wild West stunt show, which is the one with my guy Bob Rochelle that I continue to try to look for information on. If anybody has any hot tips on Bob Rochelle, please reach out to me at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com. Oh my God, maybe a family member, maybe oh a God, friend. I wish. I just want to know more about him. I'm convinced I've found everything I can online about him, but maybe that's not That's the what case. they say about Lincoln. You know, that's what they that say about Napoleon. They go, I think we've heard everything. And then you wait, you find out Lincoln was a Martian. Yeah. Well, I told you, right, that my mother-in-law went to high school with him. Did I tell you this? Bob, with, what, what? Bob Rochelle. And I saw where he went to high school when he graduated, I realized she went to that high school. She was two years younger than him. And we went to dinner and I was like nervous all night. I'm like, look, I got to ask you a question. There's the stunt man that I adore. Did, did You went to high school with him. He was at Millican High School in Long Beach. Do you remember him? And I showed her a picture and she's like, no. And, oh, and, I thought that was something no, good. And she didn't oh, really care to talk about it. She had no interest in it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she thought I was kind of half joking, but I was like, no. And a couple times I went, you can't like access any memory of this guy. He was, he was in, in theater. gym class with you, climbing up a rope real fast. <laughs> he would have been two years older. He maybe like, kind of looked up to him. Uh, <laughs> I would have if I was there. I know you had different chosen fields, but. <sighs> You're going to. I, I said this last time. I wish you would do a Rochelle biopic for like the six weeks that were most pivotal in his life. Paul, I'm embarrassed to admit I've already started writing a song about this guy for Townland. Beautiful. It's it's ridiculous. That's perfect. And it'll sync up perfectly with his stunt shows. <laughs> if you play it, like the, he it moves might. his hand when, when you sing hand. It might. Yeah. <sighs> well. That's really good. I did not know that about your the high school alma mater. That's incredible. It's, it's not even on purpose that this is happening, but every episode there's some kind of new update about Bob Rochelle. It's a, yeah. It's not quite an onion with each layer getting pulled off because that's like yeah. it makes your eyes stink. No. This is more like a beautiful rose where petals. Yeah. Or it's like you're putting the onion back together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, uh, I will say that is a pretty good water skiing scene, but can't beat the best one in Sleepaway Camp. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what an opener. Now, uh, we talked about uh, that the the driver of the boat's dressed like Mrs. Brody. Um, yeah. Oh, uh and how love that shot of the fin coming up next to the skier. I have that too. It's so good. Perfect. I wonder how many takes it took them to get that. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Imagine how tough that is just depending on a human skiing perfectly. Like, yeah. Yeah. I read that they had all the shark stuff from the first one stored at Universal Studios and they went back Mm -hmm. and they had to, they used some of the mechanics and hydraulics, but they had to reskin everything because that, you know, it had been what, three years. Well, speaking of new skin, I love Jaws's look in this. I yeah, think he looks it's really cool. And yeah, all that especially stuff. when he gets his cool burn. Oh, sorry, oh. she. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When Mrs. Jaws gets the uh, like, <laughs> scar, that's so cool. I know. But also, speaking of somebody else's new skin, Shider is looking tight, toned, <laughs> and bronzed. I think that scene where it's the first scene, I think it's like 20 minutes in where he looks out and he's realizing, like, maybe that ski accident, which by the way, uh, they only heard when there was an explosion, but not a woman screaming or a shark <laughs> that was thrashing on a boat. Selective 70s listening. <laughs> yes. Uh, when Shider, the shot of him like recognizing, like, maybe another shark has come about. I think it's the most handsome Shider's ever looked. I'll tell you when I think it is. It's when he is rousted for the final action adventure scene Uh and he gets out of the house or the Jeep he's wearing cut off like beige jean shorts, no socks with his little deck shoes, a like bomber jacket, windbreaker and a cut off sweatshirt. That whole style look there is quite magnificent. I just adore it. I it, just, I just was great. Oh my God. I love the, um, and then along with that, I think are those kind of like purple hued shades. Yeah. He's Shider's got it going on. He's he, so sinewy and lean yeah, and tanned. And that scene where he's got his like shirt opened. Yeah. But no, it's like, I think Shider was probably asking, uh, wouldn't Brody have a shirt open in this scene and kind of be sweaty on his chest after I've worked out so much for this part? Um, and then also um, when he, uh, yes, Brody's got a little Hollywood in this. Cause like when oh, he's yeah. up in that shark operators thing and he's wearing those purple hued, I'm like, yeah. Jaws one Brody would not be worried. no, and I like to think it is Brody, not Shider, because he he has succeeded and saved this town, so he's a little bit like you know, yeah, it's me. Yeah, like kids are looking at him, uh, and like the at the gas station, he looks over, he's like, yeah, it's me, kids. <laughs> um, Paul F. Tompkins used to do a show at Largo every month, and he used to do this segment called, I forget what it's called, but like Google Translate Theater, where he would take a great scene from cinema history, run it through Google Translation, and then we oh, would that's perform it. So um, Paul, myself, and this, this great guy named Stephen did this mayor scene from Jaws. So it was, um, who were we? Stephen was playing the mayor. I was Brody and 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 Paul F. Tompkins was Hooper, but we're doing these things, and this is online. You can see it on YouTube. And I got to dress like Brody, but I realized oh when God. I was researching it, I'm Jaws two Brody when he's wearing that khaki Rangers yes. kind of shirt with the sleeves rolled up and the glasses. So Ugh. yeah, and it just like I was putting that costume together, going, "This is not a costume for me. I could just wear, <laughs> I could just wear this. I maybe a Halloween costume. Yeah." Because uh, I made the little badge too, or the little patch. You would have to get like a nice suntan, like yeah. just like a big leathery skin, 
method actor guy in his 70s smoking five packs of cigarettes a day so thick like when she goes uh, to him that's your third smoke he's like i'm drinking coffee and she's like what about a donut (laughs) everything is like so like not gonna hold up to the light of uh give me that cigarette here's some cocaine to tide you over (laughs) why are you drinking all that coffee just do a line of cocaine honey oh you're right and but then uh his explanation of when she goes, just have a donut, he blows out his cheeks. Like, are you kidding me? I'm Roy Scheider. I don't want to get fat for this I part. Know. I'm Mr. Sinew. I'm Mr. Sinew. <laughs> Did you knew I was Sinew? <laughs> um, okay, so you talked about how that woman just intentionally dumps gasoline on her body. It's it feels like it's from the naked gun. I don't know what she's doing. She, I know she's been instructed to like, it's like she's going to throw the can at the shark, but there's not even a beat to establish that. She just picks it up and just starts dousing herself in gasoline. I know so what it makes gun me think, you're talking about when yes. he gets the pillow thrown at him and yes, he intentionally yes. like pulls it to his face to start like, it's like wait, you're doing oh. too much work to hurt yourself. Yeah. And it makes me think that she... The character is like, it's a shark. I can't win. I'd rather just burn alive. Self-emulate. But speaking yeah. of that, I Emulate. Naked Gun came on and I was on a vacation in a hotel and it came on in a hotel TV, which has that motion smoothing on. Oh, and uh-huh. I have to say, it's Naked Gun is somehow funnier in motion smoothing. Because <laughs> it, it looks like it's really happening yeah, in your more life. more cheap and real and like televisual. I just <gasps> oh recommend God. putting on Naked Gun with motion smoothing on. That's awesome. Dude, that's a great tip. And also... um, it makes me think I, I save police squad episodes mm-hmm. like like fine uh, yeah. bottles of wine yeah. where I'm like, I can't open this until I can really appreciate yes. and enjoy because yeah. uh, I only get a few, so I can't. Yeah. Um, but Joe Dante talks about how he thinks Naked Gun is funnier as police squad because they're spoofing cop TV, TV. dramas, so it makes more sense. So. It's getting at what you're kind of saying maybe with the motion blurring yeah. thing is like, oh, the cheaper and less cinematic it looks, it looks more like an episode of like uh, it the streets really of San Francisco. Yes, or, or Barnaby yeah. Jones or Quincy or something. It yeah. really does. Yeah. Uh, that's good. <laughs> In fact, when I saw that, I clocked that. And I'm like, I got to bring this up with Paul. <laughs> He'd appreciate it. <laughs> and I did. And I do. <laughs> so Shark Lady also, I think it's her that says, uh, sharks don't take things personally. Mm. Oh, really? Why don't you look at the tagline of the fourth movie in the entrance of this into this series? You clown. This time it's personal. Yeah, because uh, right, she sort of uh, predicts part four. Yeah, in, in her own strange way, she says sharks because he's going. What if one shark told the other, hey, I got blown up? And then she's like, sharks don't take things personally. Now, do you think if that would have been Hooper, he would have said that? Yeah, but it's funny to me that sharks don't take things personally. The whole concept of this movie, the whole basis for the sequel, is disproven by the expert in the film. Yeah. Uh, that's, oh, oh, can we talk about another little piece of non-science? Yeah. How does Michael age so goddamn oh, much? Oh, I know. Yeah, it is weird. They're really pulling. Because some... they say four years. They go out of their way. Like yeah. when Brody gets fired, he goes like four years down the toilet. Um how old was Michael uh, in that first? I mean, eight or ten? Yeah, maybe. 
if we even said eleven and he's fifteen in this one, he looks work. way older than. Fi- I mean, I he know kids in the seventies look way older, but yeah. yeah, he obviously has progeria. <laughs> he has, he has an extreme Except case. instead of being a kind of little old person, he just becomes a hunk, <laughs> a hunky teen yeah. idol. Yeah. Uh, the worst version of that in horror movies for me is uh, Child's One, Child's Play One, same kid. Of course, Child's Play Two, same kid. Child's Play Three, which is a year later, he's like a sixteen-year-old. It's oh, really? so bonkers. Oh, I didn't know that. And I think it's supposed to be only like a few months past. Oh, so that's, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. And Anakin to Anakin and Phantom Menace to Clone Wars is a little much. well. In the same way that like George Lucas doesn't have enough understanding of sexuality to be like. Well, it also doesn't seem like he knew that they were brother and sister, but just like the yeah. weird murkiness of like Princess Leia and Luke, are they lovers? Are they siblings? Is similar. I think it gets a little kind of brought up in the prequels with Queen Amidala. It's like, you met him when he was yeah. like a little boy. Don't, it feels weird for you to like now have sex with him as a grown man. In the defense of that, I will say that Anakin was scamming on her from day one. So. <laughs> But no, 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 because do you think it's okay that if, like, a guy loved his first grade teacher and if he, as long as yes, at the time you're he heading was for, into yes, her? Yes, I think it's okay. I definitely think it's okay. Because <laughs> then, it's, yeah, I, I'm not necessarily speaking to what you're saying, but it is like the Anakin thing is like, I might, I had a huge crush on my teacher when I was like eight or nine. And then when I got to high school, I came back and I started dating that <laughs> and broad. she had no choice. <laughs> also, I don't think Hayden Christensen is uh, Queen Amidala's type. No, no, I don't think so. Somebody a little more brooding. Well, I mean, Ewan McGregor's got charm for days. She'd be all over him. Oh my God. That would, that just shows how, poorly those movies are conceived that yeah like, well you could add a love triangle that, there. oh i didn't even think of that that's perfect i mean there's a jealousy implied but why they never investigated that investigation it's a little bit of the jam that you get in with the jedi just that they they're these like monks yeah that like they don't have these passions that could throw them off right. their game other yeah. than like getting angry <laughs> <laughs> I said that was such what a sin. Oh, he's a bad Jedi. He gets angry. I know, but the Jedi are like monks, except they're not real world monks where monks still have human feelings other than Anakin. Like you never get Obi-Wan yeah. kind of like, mm, who's that Twi'lek? You know. <laughs> um, Can you introduce me to that Twi'lek? Hey, uh, my name is Mace Windu. Um, I heard you know Shock T, the yellow lightsaber Jedi. I <laughs> oh, forget it. I shouldn't have. I've said too much. I'm gonna go. I gotta go make my penance to Yoda or some shit. I gotta sit on a disc in a room full of vertical <laughs> level lower blinds. I think I shared this uh, when I saw Attack of the Clones in the theater. When Yoda starts fighting people, everybody's cheering. I'm kind of like, I think this sucks, but I guess we're all cheering for this. Okay, I like cheering with an audience, so I'll cheer with everybody. This is I don't want to be a party pooper. And then like a few scenes later, R2-D2 goes out onto like a little track, and he has to get to another track, and these little rocket boosters like oh, kind of yeah. like yeah. bring him up. I was like, yeah! <laughs> like nobody joined me. It was oh, like, this is like your this is Freddy versus Jason, Freddy. Jason all over oh, again. Oh, my God. 
Oh, and I, I always forget the story, but <laughs> now in this version, all my flying R2s in the house say, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, oh, they must think it's really cool when he lands. So I'm going to wait until they, yeah. and then I go, now who's in it to when he lands? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, nobody was on either side. Okay. Oh, it was the same theater multiplex though that I saw oh, well, Freddy that, versus Jason and so clearly I was very excited history. but audience participation the mayor's face when I think Brody says we have a shark problem is priceless because he just kind of goes like, it's just the most subtle thing in the look on his face and it almost feels like the actor of like oh yeah I gotta do all this again my wife isn't well and I'm just not in this I know I thought uh uh uh, that his reaction was uh, true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, great. <laughs> so we got to do this shit again. <laughs> um, now, uh, when they... Um, oh, they do the setup of the power line in a pretty good way. I like yeah. that. Like, hey, if you do that, the town will lose power. Yeah. Because then I think it really gets into this idea of, you know, Nature versus the city. Oh, technology. Techno sharks. Now, uh, oh, when they, they're talking to the son about getting a summer job, 1990, 1978 was truly the year of the egregious Cheerios product placement. No kidding. Fruit Loops it, gets a mention, but Cheerios gets screen time. Because, you know, in Superman, the Cheerios, that, the Cheerios label is on both sides of the box. When the mom puts down the box and is watching young Clark oh, really? go out in the field. So it doesn't have a back of the box? No, she puts it down, you see it at the front, and then it cuts to the other side, and the Cheerios label's on the other side. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. And that's usually where the games are. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Brody also, he says um, in that scene... Uh, I've had some experience with a shark, and I think a great white must have done this. But that's not the same line as that he says to the city council that I thought was the the big sequel line. Um, what's he say? Uh, sorry. Oh, I'm telling you, that's a shark. And I know what a shark looks like because I've seen one up close and you better do something about this one because I don't want to intend to go through that hell again. I don't want to intend to go through that hell again? <laughs> oh, and I don't intend. <laughs> well, I wish he said I don't want to intend. That's probably better uh, writing all around. That's why I changed it. No, I don't intend to go through that hell again. Um, that's a real sequel line. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is. Same with Ripley. Um. Ooh, Ellen Ripley, Ellen Brody. Ripples in the water. <laughs> Broads in the space-time continuum. Space, <laughs> colonial space bros. Oh, she's a colonial space... She's a colonial space hey, bro. Hey, Vasquez, anyone ever mistaken you for a bro? No, have you? <laughs> Did you hear that they shot this movie in fall and so it was really cold and i've never heard this before but didn't have the actors not have their breath their you know cold breath uh -huh. show up they had them suck on ice cubes before takes oh Is that, does that sound real to you i've heard that before in movies really? where that's been done but i didn't know that about jaws too wow. um i wonder what movie 
I heard that before. Probably, I guess it would have to be a movie about a beach resort that that they filmed in Alaska. <laughs> That's the only way that that would make sense. Alaska Beach, that movie? <laughs> oh, yeah. Where the penguins go topless. <laughs> That's a shitty tagline. Uh, all penguins go topless. Not at Alaska Beach. But you just said they did. What? Film at 11. So after she says sharks don't take things personally, and then we have the scene with the mayor. Um, just I think probably the the point in the movie where I was like, this feels really uh, uncreative and unearned. The mayor just being like, I'm not believing this again. And then that's when Brody goes to the ocean and sees the burnt, charred up body. Which yeah, that was that was a tough stretch for the movie for me. I'm like. This mayor scene is just a kind of a warmed over repeat, and yeah. then this thing is, feels like a repeat. But then we get into that cozy house where those kids are playing Atari on TV. Oh, yeah. That felt yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that was nice. I wonder if we could rent there. I bet you could. I wonder. Um, with that Atari and those kids. Just and I dress up as like Mrs. Brody. <laughs> You Kevin were wearing that sketch outfit. Okay. I'm in. Um oh 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 so that's when she says Hooper says he's in the Antarctic. I was thinking, what if the filmmakers had made a weird choice where um instead of just her relaying that information, they're like, I got Hooper on the phone. And they do kind of like a cheesy like Hooper's like in an igloo. <laughs> Like they shot it somewhere else. He's like, sorry, Brody can't make it. <laughs> this is like what they used to do when they wanted to fire Suzanne Summers from, or no, she wanted to leave, but they have a difference of opinion, but she was contracted to be in every, they wouldn't let her out of her contract, but they didn't want her in. So they would just have her at her cousin's and do a quick phone check-in every episode. You're making me realize that's what unconsciously I was thinking of. Oh. It's like the Three's Company. Yes, those episodes were so weird at yes. the end when she's like, yep, still here, not at your house, but at this house. Yeah. And it would be like just a chair like next to a phone. So what you didn't even shit. know where she yeah. was. Yes. It, was, it wasn't even a full set. It was like she was on a like full body close up and they had like probably three feet surrounding her as a set. There's like a high back chair and a plant hanging. I see some sort of a kind of janky, uh, clearly Roy Scheider was like, I will never be getting filmed while like on actual water, like unmoored because like those scenes when he's like jerking, steering the wheel hard, trying to maneuver through like jaws to get to the kids. That looks like it was filmed in like the Universal City parking lot. Oh, I wonder. And having really. a boat, there's no sense of like water or ocean behind yeah, him. I could have been just on the beach shooting up at the sky. I know that that cable junction was a, a set that they yes. built and towed out there. It was fiberglass rocks. There's actually a scene when two of them are climbing up the rocks out of the water. You can see a hole in the fiberglass in one of the rocks. Really? And I guess it was super slippery and they kept falling and hurting themselves on this thing. And this thing would get one point got loose and just start floating out to sea. They had to get tugboats to get it. And someone said like, where's the island? And someone goes, it's on its way to Cuba. <laughs> That's like I think that happened with like the water world set and stuff too. It started oh, like yeah. getting unmoored and like floating away. Yeah. Like that sounds like such a pain in the butt. Yeah. 
Um, the other, the, when you said the thing about the hole in the thing, the thing that I noticed that seemed to be a little like the curtain getting pulled back a little bit was after the mayor's son who has like his, um, schooner or whatever the, or the, uh, uh, what are those um, catamaran? Oh yeah, with the flames decals oh, yeah. on it. The mayor's son has the flame the decals. The hot rod. He yeah, has the yeah. water hot rod. Uh, but he crashes into the um, uh, other boat. There's a part where Keith Gordon goes like, "God damn, God damn it," or something. And him and the other two actors by him, it looks like they're just standing in the water. Yeah, like they're not out deep. I mean, maybe because they're supposed to be close to the island, but I think by that point, they're still supposed to be like... They're not standing in the water in the boat that's like... There's one boat that has taken on a bunch of water. Yeah, but it looks kind of like they're waist deep they in probably water. probably right, because I'm sure they there. shot that in like two foot yeah, water. Yeah. yeah, but it's like, for most of the time, they're pretty good. But that one time, I was like, oh, they're not having to tread water. There's no fear. They could no. probably just walk two feet on yeah. the, the land there. yeah. We'll forgive them. <laughs> this movie's got mission prep when Scheider's putting cyanide in his hollow tip bullets and then wax sealing them. Maybe the coolest, like only like true, like visually like powerful. Yeah. Unique to this movie. God, the super close ups. I know. And not a great job. He just does a lot of drizzling over the sides and inaccurate, you know. <laughs> And once he kind of puts like wax on it or something to seal, to seal it. it. But also just cyanide dripping on the dining room table. His <laughs> it's a real problem. You see it drip into the, like the bowl of Cheerios. <laughs> He's like, oh, oh. His kid's just sleeping mouth open on the floor below him. Some cool mission. It's not for a mission that doesn't happen for a while. It's I know. It's kind of like a misplaced mission prep. Yeah. But, um, and... Okay, then we go to the scene with the they're on the busy beach. Is that good for you? That's good for Is me, that good baby. For you? Uh, now, just in a, a study of kind of like you could have a filmmaker, two different filmmakers film a glass of water, and they look different in different ways. Mm-hmm. I've never heard something like that, but you know, go with me. The sequence of like Americans arriving or the people arriving on the beach in the first Jaws feels like Spielberg and like Norman Rockwell yeah, mode. It's kind of yeah. like, oh, look, at all, we're all different people of different sizes yeah. and we all come together for this great American tradition of the beach. Right. In this sequence, it feels like the French filmmaker, like, look at these fat Americans, these pieces of shit. I know. It seems so condemning. Yeah, it's contempt. There's a lot of yeah. contempt. contempt. It, there are a couple of the regulars that come back too, like that tan woman, right? Yeah, the wife, the the woman who owns the one of the shops. She's That's in the right. city council. Um, and then that new character, the like land developer guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of a nothing of a character, but um, I do like that one kid. Though going like, I know what that is. That's a shark tower. That kid, that guy's up there looking at oh, sharks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too smart for my own good. <laughs> um, and I do, I'd say maybe my favorite Brody moment in this movie is his like flip out false scare. On the, the beach. beach. Yeah, it is good. The shooting the gun maybe goes a little too far. I know. To, to prove that. But like, it's just, it's sort of what you need because like. 
how is Brody going to seem untrustworthy or vulnerable with this time around? Yeah, because he is otherwise a hero and yeah. justified. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like how they made him like bad at driving boats to kind of give it a little like stakes. <laughs> I know. Um, figure it out, dude. Um, I love the seeing Jaws eye in the dark room. Yeah, that's good. And then the scene where he goes to the city council and gets fired. Um, ooh, I love that cozy arcade bar that the oh, kids are hanging out at. That, yeah. And that was filmed on another island, I think. Because oh, I really? guess they also filmed on the mainland a little bit or other islands. And then I think in Florida a little bit too. Well, just to, to, to look ahead with Jaws 3, I remember when we went to the SeaWorld in Orlando, they were like really touting that Jaws 3 had been filmed there. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Uh, so, gosh, to be able to visit that place and then maybe that arcade bar, which I'm sure has all the original <laughs> arcade machines. Marine World USA, that closed when I was a kid, but we got there once and they had this thing. The thing that was different about that than SeaWorld was that you could swim in a tide pool. So they had like locker rooms. They'd even Ooh. give you bathing trunks and you could go swim. And then, and I did that one day. So Marine World closed down and it is now the Trump golf course. That's the land that is on. Marine Wait, World. so they put land over it or is there still? Well, I guess the... it was land too. And then there was the part that was in the ocean. But the land part, yes. So what's it feel like now to go to both? Well, Trump feels like a giant beached whale. so <laughs> With huge chunks <laughs> pulled out of him. But he's like, uh, I want those chunks missing out of me. It's good that that was bitten out of me. In fact, I'm not getting bitten out right now. I'm fully formed. <laughs> I forget who Marine World had to because they – I don't remember calling it Marine Land. I forget what it is. But SeaWorld was famous for Shamu and Mamu. And Marine Land had, they just had their celebrity orcas Tattoo. every park. Tattoo. The other plane. The our water park, but, you know, we were landlocked, was a Kansas City had World of Fun. That was the like. Oh, Jeremy Carter used to tell me about that place. Oh, yeah. That was like the, th that was the roller coasters. And then there was Oceans, oceans of, of fun. fun. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and was the water part. Oceans of time to be with you. I have crossed oceans of fun. Well, who's this? It's Dracula from <laughs> Francis Ford. He says, I have crossed oceans of time to be with you. But I have crossed oceans of fun to be with you. I found you in Kansas City. <laughs> At the Royals game. <laughs> no, that, uh, God, I've only watched that. Dracula once. Maybe. I watched it last Halloween. Was it fun? I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be up for it. my fifth grade teacher told us that it was um uh, the work of the devil. We shouldn't go see it. <laughs> Jesus and Christ. then a few months later she was like, We rented this movie last night and the person at the video store told us it's a little slow at the beginning, but we actually really liked it. It's called Consenting Adults. It's like, what? wait, what is that? It's like a Kevin Klein uh, adult thriller where him and Kevin Spacey privately swap wives without the wives knowing it. They sneak out and they sleep with each other's wives. So she doesn't want us to watch the old story of Dracula 
But it's like, Thomas, if you ever get a chance, rent consenting adults. And in a way, it sounds to me that only two out of the four adults are consenting in what is happening in this, at least conceptually. And I, I, uh, I'm watching consenting adults now as a consenting adult. And uh, hey, it's good. I get where uh, Mrs. <laughs> she was wasn't coming wrong. from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, my next note isn't until Eddie's big death. Yeah, I think that's um, that's good. I just wanted to mention uh, when the cousin says, asks him in close up, like, why are you scared to go on the water tomorrow? She has this weird, like, purple hue that's, like, around her that I wanted people to check out that purple She's hue. She's the Madonna? Uh, oh, the other kind of, like, let's try to make it like the first one, Brody getting drunk again. Yeah. Kind of being drunk at the house. Um, I really dislike that scene. Um because he's trying to be funny with the hail to the chief. He's singing it. And then his like little deputy guy has like a two sentimental scene where he's like, I would tell them that you're the best cop oh, I yeah. ever. I was like, what is the shit yeah. in my Jaws movie? <laughs> uh, then they sneak out in the morning. Uh, and then Eddie's death. That's the curly haired. He's Tina's kid. joy. Yeah. Uh, and that's where you see Jaws's first scarred face. Okay, yeah. yeah, I'm there too. Eddie's death is so good. The way he's just rammed into the boat and the way it looks, it's incredible. My, well, but yes, I was blown away by the death. And like getting to see his body, like I did think I was like, I wish this movie was just like more surreal. And they're like, we know what yeah. this movie's going to be. So why not just up the like kind of weirdness of it? And that's what I got when like his body is like on the camera and getting like pushed towards the boat. I was like, Ooh, this yeah. is bizarre and scary. It's crazy to think he probably did not die of shark bite, but impact impact on boat. Yeah. yeah. And then she has that amazing part where she's like flipping out and going like, this isn't happening. This isn't yes, happening. Which is what you would do. Yeah, and I realized when I was watching this, I don't think I've ever seen the unedited version oh. of this all on cable. And I think the impact of this scene really hit me. And I was like, I think the scene got cut down in the TV versions I saw because it really, it rattled me. This yeah. was the death that like shook me up the me most. Me too. Yeah. Other than Marge. Marge, of course. For different reasons. Uh, R.I.P. Marge. Yeah. Um. And also seeing Tina's joy get destroyed. Oh, I also felt like her going like, oh, my back's getting so bruised every time. Lay down a towel so we can, you know. And then him going to get the towel and then Jaws appearing. I was like, well, this is the very beginning of Sex Equals Death in the slasher movie. (laughs) But like the PG version of it. Like, yeah. just get out the blanket for hoo-hoo. What bruises is she getting on her butt? Well, I think on the bottom of a boat, they have those oh. hard wooden like oh. beams and stuff. Now, look, I thought about it. Putting a blanket over those beams, you're still laying on those beams to some extent. Yeah. So I, I think you'd still get bruised. Yeah. Um, but also, kind of a horned up movie. <laughs> Mom again at the beginning says, do you want to fool around for a second time? I know. That's like her daily calling card. And that her husband's the studio boss. Do you think it was like a mandate? He's like, I like seeing my wife be horny for her husband on He's camera. He's like one of those guys that likes to swing, but just watch while his wife gets With it. Shider. <laughs> I, uh, she better, I'm expecting, I can't remember if she's in three. I don't think so, but I know she's in four and she better go up to Michael Kane and go like, want to fool around? 
happy. <laughs> I feel like you've said that to someone before. Have you said that before? Is there a point when Jaws comes up out of the water and she roars? It feels like they, they're trying to disguise a ship scraping sound, but it has the effect of like... Yeah. Do sharks don't roar, huh? No. They just... What's the sound of a shark coming out of the water with his mouth and just kind of like... It's... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's not even music. That's Jaws talking. <laughs> hungry, hungry. Hippos. Well, with Jaws' wife, it should have been like... <laughs> like a higher, higher octave. Jazzy, Jazzy. Um, then Brody, Ellen, and then that guy, they all get on the police boat and they head to the lighthouse. Um, Brody's on the boat and he radios in for a chopper. Piloted by Gary Kurtz. Gorley, you and me are on the same page. I was going to say. I keep stealing your thunder. I don't know that you're thinking this. It's good because then we get to share it how we both thought of it. Yeah. That little chin strap. Why would you ever, I'm not judging someone, but I understand chin straps were a big thing in the early odds, but that is so weird to have such a full chin strap, but forsake the mustache completely. Uh, forsake you- it entirely. And then also your your line of work is you're wearing a helmet. So your thing does look like a chin strap. It's <laughs> yeah, like very- he's ironically not wearing an actual chin strap. Well, that's so funny because before you that. see him, you just hear his voice and he's yeah. going to be in a difficult asshole. Yes. Well, like, like Brody's like, bring the chopper. He's like, I'm off doing this other thing, but uh, it's like kind of like an annoying. Like, I do think anybody with a chin strap is probably a type of asshole. Well, this is what I thought was great about it was that when they cut to him and they reveal it, I was like, I was like, oh, well, I get why he's an asshole. He's got the chin strap. That's I mean, why he's being so I, difficult. I understand, like it's cultural in Amish circles, so I get that. But if you're just a regular old Joe helicopter pilot, or- maybe this helicopter pilot was on his rum springer. He was like a, a young Amish youth. But he's from an Amish sect that's like, when you get to go in your room, Springer, you get to take the chopper out. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, boy, are we going to let you experience technology. You have no idea. You want to smoke cigars? We'll put you in the closet with a pack of cigars. <laughs> but the copter, the blades uh, mechanism is based on a churn. <laughs> so you got to like be churning it to keep the propellers going. It's pretty tough. Um yeah, that guy was uh, pretty great. And uh, as far as other lookalikes, what did you think of the, I don't know if you shared this, the fake Amy Irving? With, with the, the curly nerd, hair? Yeah. yeah. That's also what brought into Carrie territory. Yeah, that does feel territory like for territory. me. Um, this is the trope in films where someone who's not in a movie like this helicopter pilot or someone shows up and they're a savior and then they're immediately dispatched, like ripping the carpet out from underneath you. It's kind of an aliens with the drop ship, but not really. But I feel like there's been a few more of those where. God, you're right. There, you somebody should make okay. a list on Letterboxd of yeah. like the guy who comes. And it's like, it's all okay. And he's like, hooray. And then like, rah. Yeah. What is that? I know what you're talking about. I know there's more. I just can't remember. It's basically are. like probably from like Western movies. It's like the Calgary has arrived. Oh no, the Calgary <laughs> has diarrhea. <laughs> Calgary, Canada shows up on mass. Is it the Calvary? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love sorry. though that all of Calgary, Canada shows up. Hey, you know where you ask for us, we'll show up, okay? <laughs> it took us a while to get here. <laughs> you hoser. 
the the Calgary is here. The Calgary is here. It's so many people. Uh, now I love the um, that sequence once Jaws starts zipping around and uh, tipping people over in the water, and they're all clamoring to get on. And yeah. from the rest of the movie, I'm I love it so much. I love it. It feels like a true like cluster F. I like like it when too. they're all flipping out. It feels like a genuine yeah. like. This is what would be happening if people were panicking. Yeah, and it's just the like. Speaking of westerns, it's just the nautical version of circling the wagons. They tie all their boats together. Yeah, and, yeah, that's good. And uh, it's kind of like, um, uh, yeah, maybe you hippies should have invested in a boat. <laughs> then you wouldn't have to tie your shitty <laughs> sails together, motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, die, teens, die. <laughs> Uh, you deserved it, Marge. I talked about all the fun scenarios that this gives us to play pretend in. Um, oh, when that scarred Jaws comes up fuller body to eat Mike as he's being pulled up, I thought that was like a nice little callback to the chumming thing. When the oh, sure, yes. But I also thought it was a nice little callback to when Michael's in the water at the beginning and Jaws is approaching him and coming fast at him. Oh, yeah. Him as a grown boy, he was like in the same situation, yeah. just uh, different. Maybe it's time for Brody to move the family off the island. There's got to be another place he could get a yeah. chief job. Even if like you killed the guy, you would kind of be like, you know what? That's a nice punctuation mark on yeah. our visit here on the island. Kill like, the guy. Do <laughs> you mean Jaws? Jaws. <laughs> You know the shark guy who li- the guy who lives underwater and is gray, or he should like have gone on to go like be a sheriff in Montana, and then there's a big bear he's got to kill. Oh, that would have been a much better sequel. Yeah. He just got has to encounter different like in the south. It's an alligator, and then he's like, you know what, we're, honey, we're moving to the first city in the sky, so we don't have to like deal with any <laughs> creatures. And then it's like, I got to deal with a goddamn pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> Certain, certainly Portland, Oregon won't offer any dangers. Bigfoot. Okay, well, we're heading to Siberia. <laughs> Snowy foot. <laughs> Chupacabra foot. Uh, also, when they t- t- tied those sailboats together, I also thought it had a little touch of the raft sequence in Creepshow, too. Oh, yeah. Um, um, now, when the Harbor Patrol chopper lands on water, I think there's a point that becomes a model when it spins around upside down. Uh, I was wondering, too. I mean, I, awesome model work. I'm not complaining. But, oh, um, I saw also the way they were flipping out kind of it was like, ooh, this is like what I bet the Indianapolis attack felt like. Yeah. That Quint describes. Like yeah. a group of people like panicking and trying to. Do you know the original idea for Jaws 2 was a prequel about the USS Indianapolis? Oh, really? Yeah. That could have been cool. Yeah. I could see how people... But you know what? You don't get many characters from the first one that are like beloved outside of Brody, so why not? Like I was going to yeah. say, like you'd think you'd miss maybe some of the characters, but... And it would have to be Jaws's like grandpa or grandma. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what Baby Shark, that song is based on Baby Shark, Mama Shark, Papa Shark, Grandpa <laughs> Shark. It's the and, Jaws yeah, lineage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, I would imagine if you know Quit's going to survive, it's a hard movie to have drama, too. That's true. 
I mean, I guess that's the case with all prequels, but... Who could play a young Robert Shaw? Probably me. Yeah, me too. I think I exude male <laughs> energy. <laughs> I don't even have, like, the male energy of, like, that's overcompensating for a lack, like, even false bravado. <laughs> it's just not... <laughs> Uh, it's so funny. You know how people will be outraged, like, they can't cast Michael Keaton as Batman. Oh, yeah. If there was a <laughs> quit spinoff. Oh, like Craig prequel. Not Bond when they made that website for Daniel Craig when he yes. got cast? Yeah. Can you imagine the Russ outrage if it was revealed young Quint being played by Paul Russ? I would be first in line to see that. RussNotQuint.com. He's not our <laughs> Quint. He doesn't even have curly hair. He kind of does. What are you talking about? What he, was the uh, Russ... What was the Daniel Craig one? Craignotbond.com. That is the dumbest phrasing for their... Well, that tells you where they were coming from. It should have been nojamesblonde.com or something. Yeah. Is that still a website? Is that guy still on... on, uh, Let me check that out. That's a hill he's willing to die on, as they say. I bet he like jumped up and clicked his heel when people didn't like Spectre. He was like, see? It is a website and it's. Ooh, the man bought it. And they're like, it seems like they're now touting Daniel Craig. The next choice for a modern James Bond will be crucial to pave the path into the following 10 years, which the character can be reborn. Oh, I wonder if they're now all upset about who's going to follow Craig. <laughs> oh my God. They're going to be all like, whoever it is, it's like, he's not Daniel Craig. He can't not be blonde. He can't have a brunette James Bond. Get in touch. I don't think so. Yeah. Get out of touch. Cause that's what you guys yeah. are. What do you think it smelled like when Jaws got fried? Like a big fish fry. Yeah, I think yeah. that would kind of be like uh, sitting at a big plate with uh, people bring you. Yeah. Um, sign me up, if anything. Like, a, like sitting at a Benihana. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, um, there's an. When they're, they've thrown the. Mayor Lair, Larry Jr. <laughs> Mayor Lair. Mary Lair. <laughs> Uh, is throwing the rope to Sean and they're yelling at Sean, uh, Shelly and Mayor Lair Jr. Yeah. There's an actor on the left in the sinking boat with him who's just like having a ball of a time. Really? Yeah, like when they're yelling for him, like, get the rope, get the rope. You could just see he has like the smallest smile on his face. I'm like, this is fun. And then, <laughs> and then the other thing is right before that moment, before he's smiling, you might remember this. There's a part where a guy's like trying to like scoop water out of it, and then Larry Jr. goes like, "Stop it! What are you doing? What are you doing? That's the hell!" <laughs> it just seems like real. Like he's mad at the actor for like, "Why are you trying to help with the scene by scooping out water?" <laughs> so that's a that's a Paul lookout for that dipshit. That's a ploft. Yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, Oh my God! But the way Larry Junior is there for Sean, it's beautiful. Oh, I wrote that too as t- the two sweet bros. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love—I mean, these are just my last couple of notes. I love just the extraordinary 
young actors histrionic acting that you get in this movie just like no yeah no! Real, like they're having so freshman much fun. year of college theater like we're gonna really act and they might only know like uh, the character's name they have no relationship <laughs> out of it. so it'll just be like a group of people yelling like Pete Pete no even, no Pete <laughs> even when the cop or the helicopter guy gets out and goes are you okay and they're all like yeah yeah we're okay yeah yeah all of them are like I've got to say a line here not any one or two of us could do it all of them are like yeah 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 oh yeah we're okay we're fine yeah 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 <laughs> exactly exactly and that's like Probably an issue that they didn't have to worry about with Jaws one with like these old crusts like Shiter. No, and, you uh, take the line. That's one less I don't have to memorize. I've been drunk for seven days. <laughs> also, the uh, real permissive bad seventies parents in this that like they leave the house without even checking if Sean is awake. They check Michael's room and are just like, oh, he's up. He's at work. I know. And then they leave the house just assuming like Sean will fit. Where can you go? It's an island. Except <laughs> in the water. The, the day he figures out the ferry, we're fucked. <laughs> um, that's uh Oh. It looks like one of the girls, like Jaws, you know how he has those little gills? Yeah. It looks like somebody gets cut. Their side gets cut by the gills. And it made me think when I was a kid, I was like, are Jaws' gills sharp? Razor sharp gills. Yeah. Should I stay away from those razor sharp gills? His fin, razor sharp fin. It would um, be funny if he just sawed a boat in half with his dorsal fin. Sorry, her. I'm sorry. It's, it's a really important it's okay. his time in history where we... Recognize gender and gender fluidity, Mrs. Jaws. Mrs. Jaws. Because it does say on her Twitter bio, she, her, her Twitter bio. Oh, so the lawyer, you've been checking Jaws, <laughs> Mrs. Jaws's Twitter bio? Okay, yeah, you caught me. A I little bit of a on. crush? Perhaps. <laughs> I wouldn't say a crush. It's it's an electrical connection I can sense with my ampullae of Lorenzoni. <laughs> Have you seen the Isles of Langehands on that woman? Look, I know you represented her in court, but isn't there some sort of uh, oath you take to not fall in love with your clients, sir? Can the sun take an oath not to shine? <laughs> what? Are you saying all lawyers must fall in love with their clients at some level? Not all lawyers must fall in love, but those that do must. Okay. I, I'm, I'm out of order. I yes, object. you are. Yes, I got to go. Are. I got another case over in... Um, I got to go up against the Lincoln lawyer. <laughs> well, stop reading Mrs. Joss's Twitter bio. I can't help it. Um, I'm from the... I was early adopted for Twitter, so I get those text messages alerts when, okay. whenever she posts, okay. and I can't... I don't know how to turn it off. And so it's always like, hmm, my ampullae of Lauren Zioni senses a real cable <laughs> junction around this part of Nantucket. Uh, and uh, sometimes she'll just do a little limerick like, there once was a shark from Nantucket oh, boy. with claspers so long you could fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> 
What? I didn't write it. Yes, you did. No, I did not. Mrs. Jaws did. Did I tell you I've been seeing a married woman? (laughs) Mrs. Jaws? Yeah, it ain't Ms. Jaws, I'll tell you that much. And let me tell you, she has all the experience of a missus. (laughs) She comes up to me and bubbles out of her gills. Want to fool around? (laughs) You're just underwater like scuba diving? Yeah, often I got to have some downtime. Sometimes I go down and do oh, court why you cases. Reek of chum. I, <laughs> oh, that's not fair. You put chum in your pockets and you go down there and Maybe. track Maybe. That's how do you think we met, Mrs. Jaws and I. But sometimes I work underwater. Like I had to um, defend Ariel to King Triton saying, you know, <laughs> like, you got to let this girl be free. Go up the sea. Well, I bet you feel very uh, at home with sharks, sir. Uh, yes. yes. My yes. new reality show, at home with sharks with me and Mrs. Jaws before she was brutally murdered. She's, oh, right. Oh, yeah. With the cable here. Yeah. At <laughs> the end of Jaws, too. My Jaws was murdered, and so- My Jaws was dropped at the sight of that <laughs> he died. <laughs> anyway, I do have to go. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> He's nice. <laughs> Isn't he? Um, um, so uh, when Jaws at the end after he gets shocked (laughs) so he chews down on the cable um, which when I think of Jaws 2 the three things I would think about were uh, the teenagers that has teenagers that uh, um, the photos being developed in the dark room and then Jaws dies by eating a cable (laughs) I think of Marge I think of the cable, and I think of mm, the fight in the graveyard from Indiana Jones and the Christmas <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> the uh, uh, the ride, the tram tour here in Los Angeles, we don't get the full experience, but there was a Jaws ride that you can watch on I, YouTube. I have recently watched that it's on good, YouTube. It's good, And it was only open, like it didn't work, right? Yeah, or things cha- it changed a lot. Yeah, and now I don't think it's open anymore. <sighs> but um, they would have where Jaws gets the scar. He bites right. down on the cable and, and then has see the a scar. Different Jaws, right? So that was really cool. Oh, man, I would love. But to I see will that. say, when Jaws goes down under the water uh, after eating the cable at the end of Jaws two. There is no hiding. He's like on an. You don't see the hydraulic track, but <laughs> no, like, but you can sense it. What animal like backs up like <laughs> float sink perfectly in arc formation? <laughs> like when I saw him disappear, I was like, all the majesty and like glory yeah. of the first death, where you see this like beautiful like shark descend into yeah. the ocean. This is just like. <laughs> <laughs> Cogs turning because when you see the device that Jaws is actually really on, it literally is cogwheels. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh my gosh! The 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 whole rig for underwater Jaws is this wireframe thing, and it's got these cogwheels that crank it up and down. So when they're like those shots of him like swimming across, is that just like somebody's underwater and they're pulling? He's on a line and they're just like pulling a rope with. I don't know. I don't know what those are. I think when it's a dorsal fin, it's just the fin on a little track. And I think, oh. yeah, and I think there are ones that are almost on like a roller coaster track. But the ones where he's got to uh, emerge from the water is like a cogwheel 
jack system or something. <laughs> yeah. Cogwheel jack system. I can't <laughs> wait to see him on tour after COVID. <laughs> They're not the same. <laughs> yeah, they've changed since COVID. Cogwheel jack system. <laughs> well, Gorley, any yeah. other thoughts about this? Uh, no, I, I, I will say the ending. You know, I didn't like the ending for Jaws 1 very much. Yeah, I'm but, this like, one, eh. but this one is like... Real abrupt again. Brody paddling one son and then this dipshit girl on an inflatable to a shitty rocky island. With a little like paddle, uh, yeah, disposable he's paddle that's equivalent to those uh, little dipsticks you'd get with the carnation ice cream treats, you know? <laughs> I know, it's yes. a 70s in their abrupt endings, man. They just like, once the job is done, everybody's like, I gotta go home. I mean, it's refreshing in that... Like late nineties, that thing started just oh, like yeah. five endings before yeah, movies I over. And those suck. So I think the eighties did it right, though. Yep, with everything. Yep, including the Reagans. Um, <laughs> all right, best death, best kill. I I I think it's that one where the uh, I forget the guy's name though. Eddie. Eddie. It's got to be Eddie, unless yeah. like you know Marge is very significant, but it's got to be Eddie. The execution, how gruesome it was. The girls like for real terrified like freak out of what was happening that was all really really good yeah and it kind of kicks off the whole last like fun 20 minutes where the the big melee happens that's so true also points for that because it kicks off the fun now it's time to rate this out of 13 we both gave jaws 13 which mm-hmm. was rivaled only by halloween right those have been our only two double <laughs> Friday 13th. the 13th which where we got the 13th from <laughs> I know. Uh, there will be 13 Halloween movies at some point, so yeah. it'll make sense. Um, <laughs> it'll make sense. <laughs> this is what I said. Uh, okay. I think I got mine. I, I think. I got mine. Okay. What do you want to give it? I'm going to give it a nine. I'm going 9.5. Hey, all right. Yeah. I was almost going to give it an eight and a half. And then right before it, I was like, no, it feels like a nine. I'm going to bump it up. Bump it up for. And got to get, from what I guess with these other Jaws movies, got to give ourselves some room at the depths below. Uh, I think we're going to need it. Yeah. 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 I think they're going to be basement heavy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But I'm very excited. So, 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 uh, Jaws three next. Me too. And I'm very excited for Jaws four because I've never seen it. Never seen all of Jaws 4. Yeah. Just saw the opening and my friend got scared and we turned it off. Okay. Well, that's... And Jaws 3, I've seen quite a bit recently, but I love it. And uh, I think it's a really fun movie. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, till then, I mean, I guess stay out of um, the water. Uh, forever. Forever. Don't even take Don't a bath. Don't drink water. Don't drink it because there might be a little baby shark in there. It'll grow inside your tummy. Don't drink water, which means... None of you will be alive for the next week's episode. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I mean, just know it's going to be a great episode. It's yeah. weird that you're not drinking water, but... Yeah. Well, we'll miss you and have your ghost listen to our podcast. <laughs> this is getting too strange, Gorley. Uh, but yes, I'm so excited for Jaws 3. <laughs> Me too. We'll see you next week. See you then. For more Gorley and Rust content... Head over to patreon.com slash with Whirly and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early. Plus, monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash with Gourley and Rust. Email us at withgourleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gourley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Wood, and performed by Townland.
You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.